Welcome to Galaxy of Toys Podcast, a discussion about Star Wars toys. You're listening to episode number 100. Wow. J- joining me tonight <laughs> from, I- from IGrewUpStarWars.com, the OT curmudgeon, Tom Burgess. Hello, Tom. Is this thing on? Just barely. What's going on? Good to hear you guys. Well, yeah, I've only heard Jason, but uh, I'm looking forward to talking to all you guys today. The rest of the village. So uh, if you if, if you ask me a question, Jason, and uh, give me a second because I need to took it, take it off uh, uh, mute. So, yeah. All right. Hi, everybody. From Bendoms to the Black Series, Vintage to Modern, he collects them all. Our good friend Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hey! Good to be here. Episode 100. I think I've been in almost every episode, so I, I, I'm pretty excited about that. <laughs> I'm, hi, Muffin. Hey, Cupcake. How you doing? <laughs> also joining us tonight from GalacticFigures.com and also GFT, the Galactic Figure Talk podcast, Chris B. Hello, Chris. Hello. How you guys doing? Looks like the uh, original crew is back, right? The see. original crew plus the bonus crew. Plus the bonus crew. <laughs> I mean bonus tiers, right? Yeah, stretch goal crew. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a stretch goal. Hey, hey Chris, I, I gotta get the bad time. So is it galactic figures or gla- galactic figures? Wow. So what? Well, remember, you had somebody a long time ago, like, criticize you when you said figures. I know. They they probably still think, you know, I don't pronounce it correctly, but, yeah, you know, who cares? Yep, exactly. You pronounce it correctly. There's always somebody complaining about something these days, so. That's that's the same butthole that says, oh, I'm not listening if Tom's on podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Also joining us tonight from the original This Week in Star Wars not that uh, YouTube, whatever the hell that thing is. The original, This Week in Star Wars. LucasfilmProp.com. Matt, exactly. Matt Fox, hello, Matt. Hey, everybody. 100. That means something. I don't know what, but it's, it's going to take about 100. That means it's going to take 100 hours to get through this episode. Uh, Yeah. Who, who will be the last person that signs off? Won't be me. Let's see what's here. Oh, Emperor's Royal Guard Extraordinaire, Chris Moorhead. Hello, Chris. Hey, I'm doing well. Uh, tier number four right here. The stretch goal that will never be reached. Um, it's great to be on with everybody. It's nice to hear everyone's voice. From yakface.com, Jason. Hello, Jason. Hello, everyone. Thanks for having me back again. I am the disappointing stretch goal. <laughs> You are the card insulatious crumb, <laughs> or are you the cardboard with the, the? Are you the cardboard with the bones? The okay, okay, all right. <laughs> and last but not least, f- 
from from forlomptozuckus.com, Jake Stevens. Hello, Jake. 4,824. No, wait, 4,820. No, sorry, 4,812. Sorry, I was just getting caught up on backers in the last 10 minutes. Oh, my gosh. This is definitely the largest crew we've ever had on the show. One time we did have seven people, so it's only beating it by one. But still, a lot of people for the show, but I wanted to celebrate. It's the 100th episode. Let's have everybody on, you know, everyone who's been an important part of the show over the years. So I am super excited that everyone's here. And anyone who's listening, if you listen to all 100 shows, give yourself a cookie or something, right? And then ask yourself why. Uh, or just one more round, yeah, exactly. you know, they could go with that. Yeah, no, definitely comes with a shot yeah. if you've uh, done this, right? Take yourself right. out for drinks. Well, of course, there's no, and, yeah. there's no way anybody could prove that they've listened to all 100 shows. <laughs> yeah, I haven't even listened to all 100 shows, I guarantee it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's start out how we always do. Tom, what have you picked up recently? Uh, I picked up a new house to put my collection in. Oh, nice. Nice. Uh, but other than that, that? No, uh, new, no new Star Wars. God, I, I don't even know what I picked up recently. Okay. I don't know. It's been a long time, but a house goes with the house goes with the collection really well. Okay. Uh, Ryan, what Ryan, what have you picked up recently? Uh, I've been kind of stupid crazy lately. Um so while I've gotten like some of the normal stuff, like the Black Series Aura Sing finally showed up, and I got the Vintage Collection Echo, I also have gotten into some expensive items. Uh, I just bought a Vintage Yak Face, which was the final figure I needed for my original Vintage Collection outside the droid stuff. There's still four droids figures I need. Um, it's still on the way to me, but I, I purchased it a couple weeks ago. Um, it's coming from Germany. And then uh, I also bought a couple of um, prototype um, first shot Darth Vader had uh, accessories, the ones that came with the Black Series Kylo Ren that was a convention exclusive in 2016. Uh, I was able to get two of them, a black and a blue one. Um, I've been kind of dabbling a little bit in that. I, like, I got some baseball coin soft copies recently and some stuff like that. So I, I don't know. My prototype collection keeps increasing a little bit. Um, I started, like, I joined, like, a deal or no deal group, and that is dangerous to do. I will tell you that right now. All right. Chris B., what have you picked up recently? Um, well, you know, I haven't been on a, a real toy run in a long time, right? But um, mm -hmm. a lot of the pre-orders have come in from Walmart over the past few weeks, and the uh, the PulseCon stuff showed up. Um, I heard that the archive wave is hitting our our area, um, so I've been kind of looking to see if, uh, if I can score those, but I haven't found those yet. But, I, you know, it's not like I'm going out to the stores much anyways, right? So when I hear that you know, right. something is hitting, then I might I might track out. But, yeah, basically just uh, some of the pre-orders, Walmart stuff, Black Series stuff. Um, that's that's basically it. Oh, the, the Disney stuff came in, right? The uh, the holiday droids came. Um, yeah, that's, that's about it, really. All right. And I don't get to, uh, since I live in Michigan now, I don't get to uh, tamper with any of your Walmarts up there. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> I don't get in there. It's nice that there's uh, less competition, but you didn't really uh, track up uh, north a whole lot, right? So, 
Uh, it would depend. Some days I would get up early and say, you know what? I'm going to get those figures before Chris beats. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I you know, I should... Right after I snag all the figures that uh, Chris Moorhead's was. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for adding another. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for moving. To the uh, South Center area. <laughs> uh, Matt, Matt Fox, what have you picked up recently? Um, I guess the same stuff everybody else. I got the like the Rampart. Walmart exclusive, whatever his Admiral Rampart, whatever his name is. Um, the uh, credit collection. No, what is it? The credit collection from Amazon Mandalorian. Yeah, it's credit. The collection. new one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's about it. I mean, I'm all right. You know, it's despite the fact that it's a month and a half until Christmas. There's, you know, not been a whole lot new lately. Uh, out there that I found. I mean, I had found all the, you know, the retail black series and vintage collection stuff, you know, before, right before the last show. So since then, not a whole lot. Hey, did you guys get your, um, Matt and Chris B, did you guys get your, uh, Dave Filoni X-Wing pilot figure? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I got mine. I did not get, I did not get mine. I got the other, has the other exclusives, but I didn't get that one yet. I, I got that one individually first, and then I got the cantina, huh. and what was there another one? The emperor. Yeah, the emperor throne room. Yeah. later. And all mine so still in the wondering, same box, so I don't know. Yeah, so I'm a little, I'm like wondering why I didn't get mine. So maybe I need to look into that. Anyways, okay then. Um, let's see, Chris Moorhead, what about you? Yeah, so um, I found I got something it pays to uh, like things on eBay because eventually an item I've been looking for, the uh, Kotobukiya Artifacts Royal Guard statue, um, usually goes pretty expensive, and I've been watching it, just kept liking everyone that came up, even if it was overpriced, and eventually one of those folks offered a deep discount, and I snapped it up right away for a very good price, and that arrived, and uh, he's going to enjoy a, a nice location in the uh, Royal Guard collection. Just don't put it on too high of a shelf because if it falls down, it'll yeah, break. Well, yes, that's that's all of it. <laughs> uh, Jason, what about you? What have you picked up recently? Um, like most people, I picked up the Hasbro Pulse exclusives. Um, mine all shipped together in the same box. Um, what else? The holiday droids, the uh, droid factory droids. Um, a few. See what obviously the Walmart exclusives, those had all come in. Um, I did I I have a Instagram follower that helped me out with a couple of the new figures that aren't out yet. The um the Yavin Leia Black Series figure, not the green carded one, but the standard wave one. And I got uh Cop Cop nice. the other day. Mm. And that's a nice that's a pretty nice figure. I been working on customizing it as far as bringing it up to the level the price warrants um i weathered it some and added some soft goods around his neck and stuff like that um what else um outside of star wars got some classified series um figures uh, including that uh, alley viper and bat the standard ones not the exclusive ones from target but the the ones that popped up on Walmart a few weeks ago. I was able to get in on those. Um, I think that's 
really it for the main stuff that I can think of. Yeah, sounds like you're definitely ahead of me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Jake, what about you? Um, well, you know, a lot of you guys have been referencing you know, Black Series figures that have been coming around, but as a mostly three and three quarter action figure collector, there's not a lot to be picked up uh, right now. So I did um, complete the Mission Series, uh, the Mission Fleet, Mission Series. What is it called? It's Mission Fleet, right? <laughs> I'm losing the name of it right now, but the small line um i got finally tech i found tech at target this week and so i have the whole bad batch and you know as not collecting the black series i don't have any other version of that set so that was really cool like all you guys i also got the um holiday droids which have shipped and that completes the database so i still need to photograph them but keeping that thing up to date um and then uh, Ryan actually joined us uh, over. I helped uh, out with a toy show that was put on in my old Toys R Us. So it was really, really cool having an amazing toy show inside an old Toys R Us and actually the one I used to work at. And so um, there was a lot of great pickups there. It was a great – I mean, it's the biggest toy show I've seen in this area in probably a decade. So many people came in that door, and it was – lots of Sarlacc members and Stars members were there. Um, vending and, you know, also, uh, you know, hunting and, uh, yeah, having early access to that show because I was helping out with it, uh, provided a lot of cool pickups. But again, <clears throat> this isn't GI Joe and He-Man and Transformers and, you know, all the other lines I like to collect. So Star Wars wise, it's been, uh, pretty thin though, because there's just not been a lot of three and three quarter. So that's about it. Star Wars wise. That was a pretty good show to find Star Wars stuff at for good prices, though. I mean, I ended up picking up the battle damage, the vintage battle damage Tie Fighter, and I saw plenty of other things. Ooh, I still need one of those. Yeah, That's, it was only like yeah. sixty bucks. I was surprised. So, did you see the mm. um, acrylic early bird kit for three grand? I didn't see that. No. Yeah, Oof, I would have gotten that. Shit. I need yeah, that too. There was that. Um, our buddy Mark in the area here. He bought a hollow tube uh, Return of the Jedi card. Uh, in acrylic graded for 500 so there was some there, there was some there was a droids uh was it graded i think it was graded because it was in acrylic uh, there was some that weren't graded and, and still were in acrylic but there was a droids uh pop-up r2 for a grand there i mean there was there was i mean whether you wanted beater figures for you know five dollars or super graded figures in acrylic or power of the force figures for two for five but i mean you had your pick of the litter at this show. It was fantastic. So that was the Washington State huh. Toy Show. It was a really good show. Wow. That was really good. Cool. I was impressed. Dang. Cool. I uh beside beside I haven't found anything too special since we last talked. Um I got did find the archive A New Hope Leia at Walmart. She was there were two of them there and there was none of none of the rest of the wave. So I did get that Leia figure. I wasn't originally going to pick up the Archive Leia because I already have a couple of those figures, but I did think the with the new paint, um, it did look it did look good enough to warrant a, a purchase of it. So I was happy with that. All right, let's move on. Um, I mean, the biggest topic right now online for Star Wars collecting, I think, right now is the Rancor. Everyone's wondering what's going on with it. Um, there was a presentation uh, last Friday, and they revealed the uh, final tiers. I think since we talked last, they hadn't revealed any tiers. So let me just give you a rundown. 
it needs the rank the Black Series Rancor, the Haslab project needs nine thousand orders to fund. The first tier at eleven thousand is a um, Black Series Gamorian Guard figure on a uh, vintage um, Power of the Force card with a coin. That's kind of a rare, um, a throwback to a rarer um, Power of the Force figure from the 80s, from 85. I think it was only distributed in Australia. Um, so that's kind of a rare, the original is kind of rare. The second tier at 13,500 is a cardboard backdrop of the Rancor Pit and some assorted bones of some of its victims. Next tier, and this was what was just released on Friday at 16,000 backers, you get a Salacious Crumb um, Black Series figure on a, a Vintage Return of the Jedi card, uh, very similar to the Vintage Collection uh, uh, look from that Death Star set from like 2000, was that 10? 2011. 2011, okay. And then at 19,000 backers, you get a Luke Skywalker in his Jedi robes. This is also on a vintage Power of the Force style card. Comes with a coin. They said that this would be exclusive packaging to Haslab, but they did mention this figure is newly scaled from head to toe. So to me, that means it's going to be out probably for the, I would imagine for the 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi. This figure will get its own release probably on Return of the Jedi vintage card, I would think. I don't know. Anyways, that's what they did. They were probably hoping that these tier announcements would um, boost the backers, <laughs> but it had the unfortunate effect of actually lowering them. The last time I checked, it was at 4,824. That was an hour or two ago. Yep. And they were well above 5,000 backers when the presentation started. So where are we at? I'm going to go to... Actually, Tom, I'm going to start with you. I know you're not really a HasLab guy, but what do you think of this Rancor, and what do you think of the tiers? Uh, you could definitely see the articulation points, but I mean, what do you, what are you going to do? Right. Mm. But it's fine. I wouldn't have really guessed that the Rancor would have been, you know, it would be nice to have them maybe do something non return of the Jedi for a change, but, uh, it's okay. I, the tears are fine. I don't, mm. I, I have no skin okay. in the game, so, you know, it's fine. Yeah. All right. Uh, Ryan, to you, what do you think? Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I, you know, I posted the deal on our page yesterday because we'd gotten our our Hasbro pictures and everything. So I was like, I'm going to say a little something about this. And, yes, it's had my own, own opinion in there. Uh, number one, I, despite what people say, I still believe this is going to be funded. Uh, you know, with over half backers in there and everything, you get to that last week, people are going to get anxious for it. And um, not only that, but people are going to like – the thing we've all got to remember is every one of these has labs, like the day after the funding is over, like you could sell your pre-order, if you will, on eBay or whatever for, you know, several hundred dollars more than what you paid for it. And and. In the end, that's what a lot of people end up doing, like toward the end. So, I mean, this is still going to get funded. This isn't going to be a complete failure. That being said, I am I'm disappointed with the the um, the tears, but I mean, they kind of fall fall in line with what they've done in the past. However, I wouldn't say that these fell fell in line with what fans wanted, um, for sure. And uh, I was a little disappointed in it, but in the end, I was like. I backed a Rancor to get a Rancor. I, you know, the the, uh, the other stuff is extra. It's it's uh, it's 
you know, extra frosting, but I, I want the cake. You know, that's what I was really going in for. And, um, you know, it's, it's interesting to see a lot of people just, you know, complain about it. And yet, like, they're complaining about a $20 figure that comes with a $350 figure. <laughs> I, I just, I find, find that kind of interesting. Yes, this whole presentation, the whole campaign that Hasbro's done has been awful. They, it's like they forgot what to do. And it was actually watching that one on Friday. I never like put a couple things together and realized that Patrick is marketing for, for Hasbro. I was like, this guy's in marketing. Oh boy. Uh, I mean, I've worked with people in marketing, I've, you know, and stuff like that. And they're a lot better than that. I think he's probably good in marketing and dealing with Walmart and Target and such, but maybe not so much talking to the fans because I mean, that presentation was horrible on Friday. Uh, you know, there's the old saying of uh, show, don't tell. And they spent, what, 20 minutes talking about how great the paint job was till they finally showed it to us, which was so ridiculous. Um, you know, I still have my backing in there. Uh, like I said, I'm disappointed with the tears, but in the end, it, that's not what I'm after. So it's not that big a deal to me. And most people who might be disappointed with those, you know, you wait till you get this thing in 2023. You could sell off those. Power of the Force figures on card for probably well more than uh, than twenty bucks, which is what a figure costs, or twenty five. Um, you know, we look at the Yak Face, and that was selling for three four hundred dollars after the barge came out. So I just I don't understand a lot of the belly aching over the whole thing. Um, I understand the disappointment, but like you know, backing out of something because I, I don't know, I don't totally get that. But in, in the end, like, because of my opinion that I actually want to buy something and I think it's, you know, it's a cool thing, um, apparently I'm a Hasbro shill now. So, hey, uh, Hasbro, send me some free stuff because I'm apparently I'm shilling for you. <laughs> Chris B., I actually listened to your podcast, The Galactic Figure Talk. You did a whole episode. Let's talk about the Rancor. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on – what are your thoughts? I mean, I would suggest anyone listening go and listen to the Galactic Figure Talk episode uh, it came out, uh, I think, on the twentieth. Yeah, but what are your, what are your, uh, what do you think? Yeah, so, um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Black series, right? Big scale. What are you gonna do, right? Um, I think the Rancor does make sense because it would ship just in time for the fortieth of Jedi, right? So, um, it's not a bad project to pick at all, I think. Um, especially for Black Series fans. I mean, what else do you have in that scale? You know, there's nothing. Um, what other vehicles can you really do in this scale that would be HasLab worthy, right? So in that regards, I think the the Rancor is a good pick overall, right? And also the, uh, the stretch goals. Um, I don't think that the stretch goals are bad by any means. They're maybe not the most exciting ones. Um, except for Salacious Chrome. I think that that is a, a misstep. They should have not included uh, Salacious. But, you know, when you look at uh, the way the Rancor scene plays out on screen, you have a Luke Jedi. And I think Luke Jedi was also always the figure that was always included in the three three quarter inch uh, Rancors, right? Uh, there's always a Luke with a bone or something included, right? Generally, yeah, the, yeah, right. yeah. So, Power uh, of the Luke Force Jedi, 2, Legacy. Right. Yeah. So he does make sense. To include the Gamorrean Guard makes total sense for me also. I mean, just the, the moment when that Rancor takes a bite out of him totally makes sense. The backdrop, uh, people complain about the cardboard. You know, those are the people. <laughs> Have you ever seen what the 40-year history of Star Wars action figure collecting has been like? You know, there's cardboard everywhere. 
And this is not just regular cardboard either. This is the, the thick, you know, board game type cardboard stuff. So I don't have a problem with that either. So from, from that point of view, I don't think that those tiers are necessarily bad. Are those the tiers that I wanted to see? No, they're not, right? I mean, we all wanted to see the Rancor Keeper. I would have been fine with not getting Ula, you know, because, eh, yeah, she should have been included as well, you know, because she does fit in there. But if they would have not included her, whatever. Um, but the Rancor Keeper kind of hurts. That really, like, that I really really think that should have been included. Um, Chris, I got a que- I got a question for you for just a sec. Do you think that Hasbro will do a standalone Rancor Keeper around the time the this comes out? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I, no. I mean, look what they what they're doing, right? I mean, they look what they did with the sail barge. They put Yakface in the uh, in the sail barge. Well, they double dip. They can also put him out, you know, as a mainline release, right? Look what they're probably going to do with Luke Jedi, right? Um, Probably the same thing. Look at what they're doing with the Gamorrean Guard, right? That's another one that's already available. So I don't think, you know, the tiers, like Ryan just said earlier, you know, that's the icing on the cake. But I think when it comes to the Rancor, a lot of people don't see this being worth $350 by itself. So whatever tiers they throw in, that then should add up to the vo- the, the the value of it, right? It's not that, mm-hmm. you know, you look at the Razor Crest and they're saying, okay, well, Razor Crest is funded, now we're going to do this, we're going to add this, we're going to add this. And, and the more they add, it's like, yeah, this deal is getting better, right? With, with the Rancor, I think the approach was, oh, my God, this is already $350. Well, you know, it's already expensive. And, there, you know, the Rancor doesn't have breakaway panels. There's no... There are no real play features except for the the mouth that you can open and close, right? And you can move the drool around, great. Um, so in that regards, it's fairly boring when you compare it to uh, any of the vehicles. And I think that's why a lot of people were putting uh, some, uh, you know, some uh, some focus on the tiers more than usual. Yeah. And you know, the the one thing though that I got away from my group when, when I asked what people think now about the, the Rancor, there's three things, right? So the first one was it's too expensive. The second one is it was not interesting. And the third one was the tier suck. Although the tier suck wasn't really that big of an issue for a lot of people. The, uh, the too expensive, that was the one thing that I read the most. It's just people don't see the, the, you know, the value. So for me, of course, I backed one. I'm excited about it. I think, you know, um, I, by the way, I totally disagree with Ryan about uh, this being a bad presentation by any means. Um, I think that just kind of depends on with what expectations uh, you go into that live stream. And I think a lot of people were waiting for the Rancor Keeper and Ula, and it just didn't happen. I think that's where a lot of disappointment comes from. But the paint application on this thing, and I think the sculpting on the Rancor, the articulation, everything about it, I mean, it just, to me... You know, it does feel like it's it's Haslab worthy. I think this is a good project. Is it worth three hundred and fifty dollars? Well, I don't know. <laughs> that's that's the that's the question, right? Because I see a lot of people saying, well, if this was two hundred dollars or two hundred and fifty dollars, you know, they would be all in. But I don't know. And also, by the way, like that they rolled out the tiers. I'm, you know, at least that kept the conversation going, and there is some build up, right? Uh, there are some anticipation what the last three uh, last years would be, you know, when you look at the G.I. Joe or even I think the Ghostbusters, they've also done that where they just revealed everything from the get go. 
Um, I think that was actually a, a good marketing move to just, you know, build up to the tiers and keep the conversation about the Rancor going. But unfortunately, the uh, the, cli- the climax uh, was wasn't there for a lot of people. Right. So that's how I look at it. But I'm still hoping that they'll make it. Um, I think that it will never, ever reach a Luke Jedi 19,000 backers. Even if it jumps towards the end, I agree with Ryan. I think it will fund, especially once they add all the international orders to that as well, which they always do at the end, I think. So, um, and then, you know, out of the, it's gone down by 300 people, but, you know, there's 5,000 backers still, or almost 5,000. So the majority of people have not backed out of this. Um, but it's also not gone up, right? So it's not, it's not, uh, it's not a good thing, but I still think that, uh, you know, once we get towards the final week or the final two, three days, even that this is going to see a significant jump in, you know, and then we'll see where this goes. So. Mm-hmm. All right, Matt, you've got two on pre-order or backed. What do you think? Do I though? Do I still? <laughs> <laughs> did you cancel? No, I have not canceled, but God, I hope it doesn't the fun. stuff is PR. We know you didn't. More than ever, I hope it does not fund. But uh, I'm agnostic on it because, yeah, I've ordered it and, you know, whatever. Um, but these the tears do not excite me, but I don't care because even if it funds and I'm not as confident as Ryan and Chris that it will fund, but I think it will because I think they'll make it fund. They'll They'll keep it open longer if they have to. They'll make it fun, but we're not going to get to the tiers, so it it doesn't matter what they are or how underwhelming they are. I mean, we're certainly not going to see the Luke, and I'd be surprised if we got to the Gamorrean Guard. So they're kind of irrelevant, and I'm wondering because, okay, Ryan explicitly says he ordered it to get the Rancor. I don't like the Rancor. I ordered it to get the tiers. I'm going <laughs> to... <laughs> I'm going to keep my order open and I'll get the damn rank. Fine. There are some people who are more frugal with their money and more intelligent economically than I am who would like, hold it. I want the tears. They're not going to happen. So a day before they're going to drop out too. So I think there will be a rush of people backing it at the last minute, but, but there'll also be people who just want the figures who are saying, well, I'll just buy the figures from somebody else. I'm not going to back this thing and they'll drop out. So I will be very interested to see what happens at the end of this thing. I mean, if you remember the barge, it kind of, you know, we had the initial excitement and then it just sort of lingered. And I'm sure Jake it can tell us hour by hour how that thing went. Oh, it, it, it languished in the middle. The face. Mm-hmm. I did surged. not think the barge would fund. It surged after initially. the yak face got announced, right? Yes. Yes. But they announced the tears for this and not only does it not surge you know it it drops a little and people are i mean it does not generate it just it generates more pessimism i don't know what it is i don't know you know i know i'm not the normal most people are excited you know they like the rancor they like return of the jedi and all the stupid looking creatures with the latex masks on and all this but matt do you even like star wars yes 
Except for the first okay. forty-five. Isn't that what? Isn't that just people running around in latex ma- latex just, masks? Just so, sounds a little. The, harsh, isn't that the hard? Isn't that the hard of Star I Wars? I like the cantina in Star Wars. It looked, but that's just people in latex know, masks. They look like aliens. Yeah, you know, I want really? holiday special again this week because it's you know that time uh-huh. of year. Those monsters look God better than the ones God in Return of the Jedi. <laughs> they do. Okay. But whatever. <laughs> Okay, Lucas tried to make that one on the cheap or whatever. Uh, back to this thing. I'm looking at the pictures after it got painted and all that. The feet just don't look right to me. I mean, looks. Matt, Matt, did you watch the presentation? No, I was at okay. work. Okay, because the pictures they have there, they showed an updated uh, one actually in the presentation, like they're in the studio, and the feet were better. Like, I remember when they showed it, I was like, oh, gosh, that looks even better. Like, they've updated the paint from those pictures, which I don't know why they don't update that further. But, yeah, the feet look funky, uh, the like the white on the toenails or whatever, and that is definitely a lot better. So Okay, it's just like, whatever, I'll watch yeah. the thing. I mean, yeah. but like I said, it's irrelevant because, I mean, I got my orders. If they fund it, I'm getting the damn thing. If it doesn't fund, I will go spend my money on something else that I will enjoy more. But... Yeah, I mean, Ula, sure, would have been better. Rancor Keeper might have been better, but it's irrelevant because I don't think we're going to get to the tears. Uh, they've mishandled this whole thing from when they accidentally blurbed it out to Jake uh, you know, back in the summer. Uh, it's just, I think I disagree with Chris in that I think there are better things they could have made from Return of the Jedi, like we talked about last time. I think that it is not unrealistic to have thought there could have been a, a scout walker, you know, it's not that much taller than a rancor and you could have made that. And it would have been really cool. And I think people would have been excited about that. Um, if it's got, if you got to do something from return of the Jedi, but this, you know, whatever I've, my opinions on it have not changed, but it's, it's a lot of fun watching it and not caring what happens to it. I'll just put it that way. Chris, what do you think? You back in it now? <laughs> yeah, you, it's not your scale, yeah, anyways. It's not my you scale. Wouldn't... It's not my thing. Um, the rancor itself, you know, the paint looks fine. It, it doesn't. I, I don't find it a bad paint job or anything negative. Those tears would not get me excited if I was actually in for this. Um, will it po- Will it fund? Oh, I don't know. Um, I don't think Hasbro likes their premier projects failing. Um, I know they had to move the goalposts with their Transformers one. So I would not be shocked at all if they moved the goalposts and work some way in the background to make sure it funded so this is not an embarrassment for them, despite what they've already done, which is pretty embarrassing the performance of how this has been marketed and how it's been sold and presented. I mean, like you said, if they just put up new photos of the feet and they're bad compared to what they had there in the studio, how do you, I just, the, it smacks of lack of professionalism. And I, I know they probably ran out of time or whatnot, but these are things you have together. This is what, this is marketing. And it just drives me nuts that like the, that's who's running Star Wars right now. If they can't get some of this basic stuff together, um, I think it's also running into three Hazlaps at a time. You know, we're living in a time where gas is shooting up, inflation's shooting up, 
And a lot of people are looking at our, who are collectors not, aren't just Star Wars collectors. I know there's a ton of people that are really stoked about that Sky Striker. And there's a, even more people stoked about the uh, Ghostbusters Proton Pack. And this seems to be falling third fiddle to those other two. So I don't know if launching three at one time was necessarily a good idea. You know, maybe just do like a rolling, like rise one's ending, start up the next one. You know, keep up the momentum of Haslabs running instead of just dumping all three at one time. Uh, the other thing I've noticed, I've seen a lot of people asking about, well, are they going to show a picture of it next to the legacy one? I've got a feeling you put those two together and you're going to be going, I'm paying 350 for what? Because it, it's bigger. Yeah, I'm not going to dispute it's bigger, but I don't think it's going to look that much bigger next to the legacy three and three quarter inch Rancor. Um, it just, it doesn't scale up that big. And the guy, when I've seen pictures of people next to it, it just doesn't look as super bigger than the other ones. I've seen pictures of people putting the six inch Grimorian in the legacy collection Rancor's hand and it almost works. I mean, it's, it's too small, but it's, it's, not far off. We're used to our toys being out of scale, especially vehicles and monsters. Um, so, yeah, and the falling numbers. I mean, it's even lost like another two backers since we started talking tonight. Um, they've got to stop that bleeding because I mean, you can't fund if you're going the wrong direction. And if this thing develops the stink of death on it, there's ain't nothing they're going to be able to do to fix that. They've got to get those numbers turned around. If they, if it, and literally, if it comes down to having to cancel two of the tiers or two of the three of the tiers and say, Rancor Keeper, I think that would turn the numbers around very quickly. I mean, seriously, just can the four tiers and just give, give people the Rancor Keeper. I think that would stop the bleeding and turn the momentum around. But, you know, that's not going to happen. So. The tiers and just. Say, okay, you get the figures if the thing funds. Yeah. Yeah. If they put up a carded uh, Ula with a coin, I think that would. I don't think it's a new figure. Seriously energize the camera. It's a new figure. The whole Hut Slayer. Yeah, but they can re release the figure in two years. No, they would re release. I mean, oh, yeah, of course. For whatever reason, they don't want to give us a new figure with this thing or a new character. They don't. Well, and with Ula, you could retool the uh, Slave Leia. But again, I think Disney is kind of boo-pooing any kind of figure like that right now. And I think Ula is going to fall victim to that also. Because you could retool most of that Slave Leia, I mean, just small parts of that Slave Leia and get an Ula without too much difficulty. Jason, last time we talked to you, you said you were not planning on backing the Rancor. Has that changed? It it has not. Um, You know... As the project, I'm going to kind of pull from things that everybody said because I'm kind of on the same page as everyone. Um, the I don't deny that the it's a great looking piece as far. I mean, there are some quibbles with it, um, but I think overall it it's designed really well. It looks great. The paint job turned out about as I expected for a quote unquote mass produced product. Um, and I, from the beginning, I was holding out to see what the tiers would be because the perceived value of this includes the tiers for me. 
So if the tears didn't amount to, you know, making up a, a decent portion of that for me, then there was no reason for me to back it. And the, the inclusion of the Rancor Keeper probably hurts the most for me for this set, even though I kind of was joking about, you know, no Ula, no Mula. Um, <laughs> the, it's, that, that, if they would have included her, I would definitely would have been in because as Haslab was sold, it was, you know, marketed as those dream projects that we couldn't bring to retail. And for those reasons that you guys kind of talked about, you know, Hasbro being what it is and Disney's being Disney being who they are, you know, we, it was probably a far-fetched dream for Ula to be included anyway. But if this would have been it, and I could see that being the loophole in us getting her, and you know, that was that was the point when they were revealing the tears that it just confirmed my my thoughts that I'm just not going to, I'm not going to back this despite, like I said, it's a great looking piece, but the value of the other tiers don't offset the, the, the price point for me. So, um, you know, the first tier was kind of it, that kind of shocked people right from the get out because it's a repack of a target exclusive that went on clearance, at least in my area. I picked up five or six of them, I think, for, you know, half price. Um, and then it was resolicited to, you know, fan channel outlets. So you're buying exclusive cardboard again and a coin. Um, that's not really an attractive tier for me and for a lot of people, apparently, because a lot of people started canceling then. Um, the bones are cool. I think those have, should have been just included from the outset. Um, you know, the yeah, you're kind of getting an Ula in there, I guess, with one of the skulls being a Twi'lek, I believe. Um, and then... You said skulls, but you meant Rancor poop, right? Right, right. Yes. Okay, good. Um, the cardboard, quote-unquote, cardboard diorama background, it's great, but it, it could... It's basically more packaging. You're paying for more packaging. And that's that doesn't really scream excitement to me. Um, and then the Luke, great. It's brand new. There's no way in hell we're not getting that figure again. So um, that's really, you're, again, you're paying for exclusive packaging for that one. So And then Salacious Crumb, it's great. Already have it. As far as, I mean, some of the tooling is different because of the legs, what they added that for the new Galaxy's Edge sets or the, whatever they're calling those, the, the creature sets from Disney. So you're not really, it, it's another exclusive packaging for a figure you can already technically get. So, yeah, it's, it's not, it didn't sway me revealing those tiers. So, it's a definite no for me. Jake, last time I think you were also a no, but this does have one of your collector-focused <laughs> characters, Luke Skywalker, as a stretch goal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
did that change your mind? Are you gonna Are you gonna back it now? I uh, while I do think that this will be funded, I don't think it'll be funded at tier four. So I'm not really in a uh, worry about the Luke Skywalker. Um, like Jason said, I 100% agree. This is coming. They were sculpting this anyway for the uh, for the 40th of Return of the Jedi. Guaranteed, mm-hmm. this figure will be out. It won't be on the uh, part of the Force card, but it'll be coming. I'm not worried about that. Um, <clears throat> I do think it's uh, interesting that they said the power of the Force is exclusive to only Hasbro and that they will not be releasing it any other way. I think that's kind of rough. For yeah, they said what's that? packaging yeah they said the packaging yeah the packaging and so for those of you who don't back the the rancor that means you'll be able to have a droids card and power of the force two cards and uh you know every card under the sun except the power of the force two one so um kind of rough there um but i agree with uh matt that this has been since the uh, leak and slip, uh, the rollout of it, I just don't think it's been handled as well as it ha- as past Haslabs or the other competing Haslabs. Um, I agree with uh, Chris that the comparison to the Legacy, I would love to see because that Legacy is pretty darn good uh, Rancor. Um, but I did say that this is trending. Uh, I do think this is going to fund because it is still trending up, even though it's lost a couple hundred backers. I mean, a couple hundred versus a couple thousand, you know, is is not necessarily that big a deal. And uh, I was just while you guys were talking, I pulled up my statistics from uh, previous Haslabs. And, uh, for example, the barge, which didn't fund until day 42 of 45. Right. Um, so it took almost the entire campaign. This is very similar to that level of um, progress because today, as of this recording, is day 30. Okay, this is day 30 of this HasLab. And the skiff at day 30 was at 55.7% backed. And today, uh, let me pull up my calendar, uh, my uh, calculator here. As of today, look at that. We're at 54% backed for the Rancor. So this is exactly the same spot the skiff was in. Now, do they have little perks to, you know, make this more exciting? You remember during the skiff, they they introduced the Canadian uh, backers, which got a bump. And then they did some other reveals along the way, which provided bumps. So I do think this is going to need something a little additional along the way to get it to be the skiff. Um I will say I, I'm not backing it. I, I don't have intention to back it. I don't I don't see that this is the same quality as the skiff and what they've shown with the Razor Crest. I really don't. I don't think all the different pieces and parts that go into that ginormous skiff to think that for a I mean the barge, right? Sorry, the barge. The barge. Right? The barge. Yeah. But think for a hundred dollars less, I'm getting so much more less. I don't know. When you're done I, I don't think the tiers make the Haslab. So when you're just looking at the Haslam product itself, I just don't see the cost. I mean, uh, also, this is like the, the, the barge needed 5,000 backers. The Razor Crest needed six. Why does this need nine? I don't, I don't understand the reason for that additional backers. I mean, unless they're just thinking that they could just get that money, right? So... 
it's you know I, I i i don't know the reason but i will say this um the factories in china are super hard to book right now and if you don't have a certain amount of product to to run through the the process they are less likely to take your project okay, that, that may I, I, and i'm not i don't know i've, I've not sure. worked with anybody from hasbro I would believe but that. that could be why you know what i'd love to hear yeah i'd love to hear that I, I, honestly i mean why not be a little more candid? The other brand teams are much more candid than the Star Wars team. Mm -hmm. The Star Wars team is so closely guarded that it just comes off as insincere because the other brand teams are telling you everything under the sun. And we're like, all right, that's fine. Um, I do think that TVC builds more for world building than TBS. I mean, if you think about the bigger products that the TBS has put out, whether it's the tie or some of those speeders either, even, they, they, they go to clearance. You know, people aren't necessarily clamoring for larger TBS. They're wanting more TBS, but I don't know that they're wanting larger TBS. So, yeah, it's definitely more of an action figure right? line. And yeah, that, the vehicles do kind of, the vehicles sell slow. So do the big, yeah. so do the creatures and. It's just more of a figure collecting community Correct. than than Correct. Correct. So I, sure. part of the culture. Six inch. Mm -hmm. I'm no, gonna I throw a theory right. out there on the target numbers that they set and why they're different. And I've only noted it's you know there's not enough for there to be scientific, but it, there seems to be a correlation, and this is across all the brands, not just Star Wars. The cheaper the item is, the higher the target is. For example, like the Sky Strikers, like two twenty-five or whatever it is, and you they need, need ten thousand of those. Mm -hmm. But the barge was, how much was the barge? Five fifty. No, it was five hundred. Five hundred. It was five hundred. Okay, and it was six thousand. And Unicron was five fifty, yeah. but I can't remember right off the top of my head how many you needed for that. But I would yeah. assume. Yeah, and they extended. They extended Unicron. Yes. Right. It, they have wanted this. to make this for a long time because it was on display at San Diego Comic-Con years ago. So mm -hmm. this this is also a recycled design that they have, right? Um, I, I do think that the, the there is competition, like you, many of you guys have said before. Um, the competition is, is head-scratching. The fact that at Christmas time, they're going to ask three different major properties to put up big chunks of money and that's just hasbro i mean if you're a turtles fan this week they announced a uh, a super seven announced a large six inch scale you know party wagon for their turtles line i mean there are other like Haslab type projects out there that require huge amounts of money right now and i just i i, I just mm -hmm. think there's just a lot of different factors out uh, there yeah. um the, the first HasLab, like I said, took almost the entire run to for Star Wars, took the entire run to fund. The second HasLab funded in day two. This one, uh, we're just like we're we're seeing a decline, which we've never seen before. So we don't really know how this is going to turn out. All right. I um watched the presentation. A couple of things. Well, first thing did concern me a little bit when they were showing the model, they were showing the back in it. They were touch, They were poking at it, and it looks like the back is quite rubbery. That gives me a little concern about how long is this thing going to hold up? You know, how rubbery is it in the back? Like, I don't want something that's going to deteriorate in a couple years. Um, and maybe that's, you know, maybe it's totally fine and normal. But that did, if you watch the video when they're poking the back, you can definitely see it's rubbery. Well, don't you want to go cuddle um, with it? 
<laughs> I do want to cuddle with it, and I want to make sure I can cuddle with it for years yeah. to come. Yeah, that's I assume that's like the real feel skin, like they had with Jurassic Park dinosaur. Uh, I was just going to say they need to break out those real feel skin stickers again. Uh, well, okay, as long as it's not too rubbery, we don't want. I mean, we don't want this thing to deteriorate if we're paying for it. Right? 50. No, I agree with you. The second thing that kind of stood out to me is they when they were talking about the Jedi Luke, they kept comparing it to the 2014 Jedi Luke, which is. <laughs> The Jedi. That's the that's the Death Star bat. That's the Death Star two battle, Luke. Um, different outfit. I mean, you know, less of an outfit, I guess. Um, and they've made a much better one since 2014, which I I don't know if they just didn't remember that or if they just didn't want to. Two of them. F- yeah, I mean, so and I think the last one they did that was I think a Walmart exclusive. Well, there's the yeah. right. The Endor set. That's a you know he's got in the Endor set as well. Exactly. That's a pretty good figure, right. I think. So. Um, but I think comparing this to the 2014 Jedi Luke is really not fair since they've done a couple better ones since then. Um, but you know, yeah, I think, I think, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, no. That being said, I do think this will fund. I think this will probably rally at the end and I'm not going to be surprised if it hits 19,000. I may be the only one on the show that thinks it might, but I mean, Star Wars is like, it's. It's a big deal, and I think people the last week are going to be like, you know what? I don't want everyone else having a rancor, and, I, and I'm not going to have one. Yeah, I think you're gonna and they're going to they're going to change their mind because who wants to pay 600 bucks for it or 700 bucks for it? You know, in January. The, the only way that's going to happen is we need a new Book of Boba trailer that shows that the rancor came back from the dead. <laughs> And is still living in Jabba's palace, uh, and, and Boba's got to be riding it into battle. That that's going <laughs> to no. that's going to back this. I think we need to do a pool and everybody predict where we think it's going to end. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I think it's going to. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say I think it's going to hit all tiers. Ow. I think it's going to go at nineteen thousand. Yeah, I'll take that bet. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, Jason, I'm actually with you. I, I think it will too. I think it's going to go huge in that last week, and there's yeah. gonna, FOMO's going to hit people like, oh, I actually want this. I kind of equate it to if you've ever been to a baseball game, the opposing team hits a home run, and you see it, you know, everybody's like, throw it back, throw it back, and some guy throws a home run ball back. You know that person like five seconds later is like, what the heck did I do that for? You know, it's like, yeah, it was the opposing mm-hmm. team, but I mean, that's an amazing thing to do, and. I mean, it's kind of an equate here is like people, I think some of the people that dropped off are like, wait, um, I, I kind of do want this, especially as when, when it backs, you know, that people are all of a sudden like, oh, wait, no, I do want to get this. I, you know, I think some people were kind of dropping out because it was the cool thing to do or whatever. Let's all complain about it and drop it and send a message to Hasbro. And, you know, they've definitely done that. But um, at the same time, I think some of those people are like, oh, wait, no, I do want this or no, I, I want to buy some of these to sell later on. So I, I, I'm with you, Jason. Yeah. I, I'm going to put a number out there. I'm going to say 23,000 right now. Okay. Yeah. My number is just 19,000. I'm not going much more okay. than that. Are we all putting a number in? I'll put one in. Um, I think it will make, think? because of the surge, quote unquote, I think it will make the salacious crumb tier. Okay, that's uh, 16,000. Yeah. Jake, you're recording okay. all this? Right. Yeah. Jason, Jake. Jason down, Jason one, Jake, down comment. for 19, Jason two, down for 16. All right. It's all recorded. Jake, what do you um, say? What, what's your what's your number? Louise. 
Uh, you know what? I'm not as optimistic. I'm going to put just the first tier. Gamorian. I'll go okay. Gamorian. Uh, Chris B., what do you think? What's your number? What do you think this will clock in at? I'll go with the first tier as well. Yeah, the Gamorian. 11,000? Yeah. It's got a lot uh, Chris, of room to catch up still, right? Okay. Uh, Chris, what do you think? What's your what's your prediction? Do you think it'll even hit nine? I'll go with <laughs> ten, but okay. uh, if they alter the deal, then, then that throws this all into contention. All right. We're just saying as is. Yeah, as as, as, they as are it now. stands, I, I, I can't go higher than ten. All right, uh, Matt Fox. What do you think the number is going to be? As it stands, oh, I really want to say it's not going to make it, but ninety-two hundred. Uh, one under the uh, yeah. <laughs> ninety-two. Well, you'll have an extra. You'll have two rancors to sell. You can keep all your figures. Um, okay, and then Tom, what do you think it's going? I'm the nurse. I'm saying. Uh, I'm I'm saying up to the bones. Which is a, so you, that, I'm just thirteen thousand five hundred because I have many questions about the bones. All right, <laughs> okay. Uh, Rancor in Return of the Jedi picks up the Gamorrean guard and he crunches his head. But as you can see, the bones here that are obviously <laughs> either vomited or out are in in uh, are not crunched. Uh, they're not eaten bones. Maybe it's a different so, Gamorrean. I mean, you know, Java had more than I'm one. What I'm concerned with, Brian, hear me out. Yeah. What yeah. I'm concerned with yeah. is what what's going on inside the digestive tract of a Rancor that <laughs> would allow to suck the nutrients out of a bone, and how are the bones expelled through the Rancor? Is it pooped right. out through the tail, or is it vomited out? I have, I have questions now. Well, the actually <laughs> Rancor could actually poop out the figures, but right. Wow. Well, yeah, passing the tauntaun. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I forgot about that. I got to get those out again. I haven't so, played with those in a while. Well, what and, about uh, this di- digestive system is so good that Ula's head with her head <laughs> with, <laughs> with her uh, her head here was not touched. That is incredible. It, it's also, I mean, if we're going to go down this path. Can you imagine pooping out a Tauntaun skull? That's going to be painful. Well, where did he get the Tauntaun? <laughs> well, he has a Tauntaun head now. Off the wall of Jabba's Palace. Yeah. yeah, but. Yeah, there used to be two up there. And maybe the, you know, okay, we saw him eat the Gamorrean guard head first, but maybe he doesn't like to eat heads. Maybe he spits them out, and these are just like. Oh, that's a good point. Well, Wait a there's, second. There's, uh, there's intact ribs, though, there, too. And intact uh, full-length femurs. Wait a second. The, one of the horns or tusks is missing off the tauntaun. So who's so going to write the story Han, that that is Han, Han's tauntaun? Han. Oh, tauntaun. I not only froze him in carbonite, I tracked down his tauntaun. No, Luke has the broken. Luke? Luke has the broken. Oh, yeah, Luke well, has the broken. One's on the wall and one's come out his butt. So there's lots <laughs> of tauntauns. And then, so how much will so people are gonna, you know, when this does fund, and I'm I think it will, the, uh, people are gonna be selling this, parting this out for to for resale, I imagine. And, and how much is this cardboard and bones set gonna sell for? 
Like, will people just sell that by itself? It is ginormous. I don't know what display case <laughs> that is going you to You could use it for the... Right? There, you could use it for a legacy Rancor. But, you know, yes, but be... this is not a display piece. This is a... I'm going to set up and take a couple pictures and then put mm. it underneath my bed. Did you see the size of that? It yeah. is ginormous. I don't know if I'll actually display mine with the cardboard. I might. You it just can't. depends where How I are you going can, to? can <laughs> fit this thing. Well, I got that well, USS flag I can stick it on. All right. If this, if this makes it, can one of you guys please sell me the Ula with headpiece uh, skull, please? I'll, I'll pay big money. <laughs> Matt will, because he's going to have an extra one. Perfect. He's He's got two. Matt, you've got my number. Yeah. Or Tom, buy it and sell off everything except Ula and make loads. Uh, that's there that's you negative, go. Ghost Rider. That's, <laughs> that's a negative. All right. There you have it. Most of us think this is as as negative as a weekend it was for the Rancor, losing losing you know backers and whatever. Most of us do think it's gonna. Actually, I think all of us do think it's gonna fund. Yeah, everybody said it'll fund itself. Yeah. So we'll be back in December to see if we were right or wrong. How many more times are they going to extend the deadline? Well, what, yeah, well, that what, would be a special edition update. What Star Wars things actually fail? I mean, whether the critics like it or the fans like it, it still makes Buku money. So what in history has Star Wars failed at? It doesn't really. So there's not a precedent for this to fail. Um, yeah, as far as merchandise. Right? What's that? Phantom Menace 3D release. Oh, man. I would say, as far as merchandise, that um, vintage collection Snoke figure failed. <laughs> well, I mean, I still i I bought a couple of them. I mean, I like it. I'm glad you, they made but it. But you I know, that figure is still hanging on shelves, like in my neighborhood. Right. Yeah, I've seen a couple out there too. Yeah. But sales did surge, but, though, after the rise of Skywalker. Once you saw that there was a bunch of them in a chamber. Yeah, so, I actually bought a couple exactly, extra so to make that I. tank someday. Yeah. Star Wars. Listen, Star Wars is to me the best toy ever. So I'm confident in Star Wars, Star Wars toys. I think they're the best toys. Wouldn't be doing well, a podcast a little, if I didn't. You're a little biased. So I'm biased, but I think it'll fund. And I think it'll be awesome. You know, I had the Legacy one out, and I was taking some photos with it. I posted them on Instagram. And it's really cool. The Legacy one is really cool. But it doesn't have the articulation to, like, really pose it with the figures. You can't, like, you know, bring the figure up to its mouth with it holding in its hand. It doesn't. It's. It doesn't stand very well. It has a lot of balancing problems. It's. It's. It's a great toy, but I mean, a Black Series one is going to be better. So, um, kind of another point. You know, we were talking about marketing a little bit and kind of how they faltered in promoting and accidentally revealing it. Did Did anyone else find it odd that during the last presentation they? had an exclusive article released to another to a website revealing the tears 10 minutes prior to them getting to them in the presentation i saw that yeah is that how people were posting yes. the photos online before yeah, oh i didn't I realize it because i was on their website too on the pulse site it's like mm. that is the dumbest thing i've ever seen why would I you missed it who was yeah it? why yeah why would you spoil the whole entire thing point of people attending your live stream 
Yeah, because I saw people on fo- Facebook posting the photos before the live stream was finished, yeah. and I was wondering, are these, you know, you know, people like to make their own photos just for joke or whatever, right. but I was wondering, are these real? Like, when I saw that salacious crumb, I did not think that was really a tear. I'm like, no, that's not a tear. <laughs> the salacious yeah. crumb is an insult because that is such a pain in the side for so many collectors who missed out, and I will be one of them. Mm-hmm. I've told the story many a times on either Toy Run or Galaxy of Toys or wherever that that figure was so hard to obtain that weekend if you weren't at San Diego Comic-Con. That is such a sore spot in the line to then make it something that's potentially unattainable or only attainable through $350 through this HasLab is just not. And to me, I think a lot of conversation, a lot of people have been talking about is how out of touch the brand team may or may not be. And I think that might be something that's out of touch, but that's just my personal opinion. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's a weird goal since that Disney pack just got released with the creatures, you know? So I don't know. You know, I, I understand why they, I mean, people are kind of complaining that it doesn't have anything to do with the Rancor. Um, it kind of does. I mean, he's laughing at what's going on through the grate as, you know, Luke mm-hmm. and everyone's getting attacked. I mean, it makes sense for the, for it, you know, whether it's directly related, I don't, I don't know. But I, I do agree that that's, it is kind of a needle in the side for those that miss that, that exclusive vintage collection one that was that's the only vintage collection i mean that's the only uh convention exclusive that, that i've ever missed is that whole death star set yeah and it was it was a pain in the butt i had it in my cart five times and yeah phased me out every time and then at that point it was just on an upward <laughs> upward resale right. cycle and i it, can tell you as i was at comic-con not easy to get at the convention either. I completely lucked out last minute on a day to, to be able to get mine, but that was not easy to get at the convention either. So, yeah, that was kind of weird. And it was limited one to per, one per person at the convention too. Right. And I don't have, I still to this day, I don't have that vintage collection figure. It doesn't really bother me. I mean, I've got other, you know, there's a 30th anniversary collection one that came with C3PO. I mean, I'm I'm fine not having a carded salacious crumb. If I were to get the carded black series one, it would always just remind me of that vintage collection one that I don't have. So I mean, it's like I said, it's it's one of those things that is kind of a tone deaf. And yeah, and they numbered those right. Oh yeah, yeah. the the 67. the mouse droid and salacious crumb have have individual numbers, yep. right? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's the hard. That's that's the hard. I think that's the hard part for a lot of people because they're they're missing a number in their collection. Who knows? Maybe they'll do some kind of repack of those. Use one of those numbers that they've skipped and never used. Wasn't there a number this year, earlier this year, that just never got used? Yeah. Yeah. Is it one eighty-eight? No. One eighty-eight or one seventy-eight? I figured it out. It's uh, it's one seventy-six. And Echo was never got used. Echo was one seventy six. They they went back and fixed that. No, but there's like one eighty eight or one eighty nine. Is not was that another thing missed? Yeah, Yeah. Chris B would know. Chris B, what is it? Chris B, what number did they miss? I have to look it up. (laughs) He has he has the information. (laughs) Guaranteed. 
It was when it was two Walmart figures that had the same number, right? And they didn't... Princess Leia. No, Princess Leia. No, Leia, Leia got renumbered. No, it's... no the, the, it the deluxe Leia. pack out Mando and a yes. Yep. Oh, that's right. Well, look at seventy six or something. It was like the 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 yeah they're both 77. the flame the incinerator trooper yeah yeah incinerator trooper and that pack. Anyway, so one eighty eight is the one that's missing. Yeah. Hey, I was right. <laughs> so they could put both of those on one card. I don't. It wouldn't look pretty. You know, it would look weird. But just put one on. You know, mouse droid and a salacious crumb on a card, and give it the one eighty eight. Say there yeah. you go. I think okay. I think we're all on the same page with the the Haslab Rancor is that we're not rooting for or against it. I mean, it's like Ryan's a I, I, I he wants them all. Successful for the people <laughs> that want it. I, just, I I don't care. I don't care for it. So I'm not going to say, oh God, don't buy this or you know, don't waste your money or all this thing sucks. Mm-hmm. I'm just completely indifferent to it. I mean, great, you like it, buy it. That's well, Jason, you don't internet very well because you're supposed right. to hate everything people love. Oh, Come on. Me, I hear about it. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of weird, right. though, like looking at it, right? Because you feel like this should have been a home run, right? I mean, here's the Rancor. Here's Ula. Here's the Rancor Keeper. That's your package. But it's not. You know? Do you think Disney is stopping them from doing Ula? Because th- there's always a rumor that Disney won't allow Slave Leia anymore, and I don't know if that's ever been confirmed. But do you think Disney may stop them from doing Ula? So from what I've heard on different show floors now, uh, over several different years now, actually, mm-hmm. is that the mouse is indeed walking around and slapping hands and fingers and stuff. So mm-hmm. um, if that's the case specifically for Ula, I don't know. But I don't think that we'll ever see a slave Leia anytime soon. Any, you know, I really doubt that. If if they're not gonna do her for the fortieth um, of Jedi, then I don't think we'll ever see that that character again. Yeah. So that's too bad. There was a uh, artist who attended uh, Washington State Summer Con this past summer, and they're officially licensed uh, Lucasfilm artist, and they created a whole diorama scene big long scene that has all these characters from Jabba's palace and they put and they're all kind of like in profile kind of almost shadow right so you can tell who they are without a lot of detail they put uh slave leia behind Jabba the hut so you have a profile of a slave leia not a detail not a gratuitous nothing just one of like 70 other figures in this diorama right Lucasfilm said, no, you need to take that out and replace it with Bausch. So, like Crisby mm, said, there is absolutely a a hand slapping that's going around and a, no, this is what we're projecting and this is what we're not projecting. So, um, and, and goes with the new Lego sets that are coming out, right? It is the uh, fire spray or it's Boba Fett's ship. It's not Slave One. They have decided that Slave Leia right. and Slave One are now taboo mm-hmm. or not okay in but, Star Wars merchandise. But Ula's always been described just, as a dancing girl. Right? Well, yeah. dancing girl. <laughs> what does that imply, right? <laughs> uh, different than Slave. Right? Yeah, it's true. But well, Why don't they just call Leia dancing girl Leia or Hut Slayer well, Leia or something else? Yeah. Dancing so girl Leia. 
we won't get Tatooine uh, Anakin, little kid Anakin, because he was a slave at the time. Maybe that's why we're getting the re-released Jedi training Anakin. Or the Padawan. The Padawan. Yeah, the Padawan Mm -hmm. one from the end of the movie. Well, yeah. I mean, I I get it. I get the mentality on their point, or, you know, from their perspective, I get what the optics they're trying to avoid, or, you know, um, it's just... Yeah, I, I I get it. Well, yeah, I mean it's a, it, it's no different than them rebranding the, the the Splash Mountain, right? Splash Mountain used to be based on the Song of the South. Now they're basing it on something else, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean it's just they're 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 growing as a company and deciding what they want to take on and what they don't, right? Right. It's like yeah, you, you can look at anything in well, a lot of things in Star Wars is with a lens like that. It's like okay. You know, Anakin uh, chokes and throws his uh, pregnant wife to the ground. He uh, kills a bunch of kids in the Jedi Temple. You know, it's just like there are things that you could make, you know, you can make the case for what they want to portray. But, you know, I get the I get the slave um, perspective, I guess I would say. Okay, let's uh, let's move on. Um, we'll definitely be back to the uh, we'll definitely be back to the rancor in a future episode as we monitor. But tonight I wanted to do a kind of a follow up to our last vintage show um, where we kind of did the end where we talked about the uh, the Ewoks cartoon. Right? Was it the last vintage show we did? The Ewoks cartoon uh, figures from Kenner yep. in '85. Yeah. Yep. So I kind of wanted to just kind of continue on that and say what happened after that. What happened with everyone on the sh- on the show after the whole line kind of folded? Where did you go and where did it end up? And I guess these are kind of known as the dark times now for a lot of fans. But we're talking the era between 86. Some I would say the dark times is 86 to 90 when the Timothy Zahn stuff came out. But some people will say, what, 86 to... 95 when the Kenner line came back or some people will say well it's 88 to 9 to 90 because in 88 is it Glaslete or Glasliti released uh, that Vlix figure so but you get the idea the dark times after Kenner folded with the Star Wars line originally Tom I'm going to go back to you and what was the last Kenner Star Wars figure vehicle or product that you remember either buying or receiving as a gift as a kid before the line ended do you remember Yes, I remember getting, uh, it was either 88 or the B-Wing pilot at Payless. Nice. For sure. And that was, uh, that was it for a long time. Did you know at that time, did you know at that time that that, this is it, I'm, I'm out after this? Uh, no, because I walked, uh, we've talked about this before. I've walked, I walked past the last 17 many a time. And, mm-hmm. uh, by then I wasn't. I wasn't really collecting figures, so. Okay. Yeah. Should have. I should have collected figures uh, a lot, but uh, I did. I, I should have picked up everyone I saw, but I did not. But I'm pretty sure that 88 and or the B-Wing pilot was one of the last couple of figures that I got. So kind of went out with a whimper, didn't I? Yeah. 
Ryan, what about you? What was the last? What was the last of it for you? What I can remember, I think I've said this before, but I, I went to uh, pay and save. It had five or eighty six, probably eighty six, and I saw like Power of the Force figures for ninety nine cents a piece. And I like I saw figures I always thought were really cool, and I wish they'd come out before. You know, I didn't think that this is the end of the line or anything, but I bought a Han and Carbonite because I'd always wanted that sort of thing. You know, like many of us uh, of that age, we how many of us froze a Han Solo in water in our freezer and that sort of thing. So to to actually see a figure done like that, I I, I wanted it. So I bought it for ninety nine cents, and I know somewhere in there I also bought a. Um, uh, a Death Star Gunner, because uh, that was another figure I, I kind of always wanted. I always loved the helmets for that. Um, somehow I passed on the Luke Stormtrooper, although that was something I, I kind of wanted. Probably because I didn't think the helmet looked very good. But the, it's one of those two figures, I'd say, was my last figure, uh, last last Star Wars item I bought until stuff started coming back around. So I was probably 86. All right. Uh, Chris B., do you remember what the last Kenner figure vehicle you got before the line folded? I think it was the Imperial Shuttle. Um, my second one. Whoa. Yeah, <laughs> the second one, because um, I remember seeing the Imperial shuttle uh, at a store, right? And I saw the price tag. It was I remember it as if it was yesterday. It was 249 uh, bucks back then. And it was way out of the price range that my parents would That's ever like, buy this. That's what, what, what currency? Uh, what that currency was Deutschmarks back then. So yeah, I don't know what that okay. would have translated to U.S. Um, that was yeah, six million dollars U.S. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was insane. It was very expensive. Um, but I eventually actually did get it because they uh, they had it on clearance for fifty bucks at some point. And then I think it must have been like a year later or something like that where I ended up getting a second one because uh, it was actually $15 on clearance. And I remember this very vividly. So, yeah, I think that was the last one that I ever got and I ended up with, with two Imperial shuttles. And What store was that? What store was that, Chris? That was Hertie. In, in oh, okay. Yeah, so a huge department store. Spans two train stations. Um, it's... Uh, I think it's a five or six story tall building, uh, huge department, like Walmart times six, basically. Um, but yeah, huge toy department at the time. And the Star Wars section was huge. I mean, it was just, it was insane. I mean, you know, that's, that's the kid in me speaking the way I remember it, at least, you know, um, uh, maybe it wasn't that big after all, but, uh, to me back then it was huge. And, uh, yeah, yeah. The closeout sales that they had were just insane back then. So tons and tons and tons of stuff on, on not just clearance, but like deep, deep clearance. So, so yeah, I think I, I ended up getting a, a second Imperial shuttle. Yeah, I think that was my last one that I ever got. Amazing. Yeah. That's that's the way, Tom. That's the way to go out. Not yeah. With, well, uh, would you say sure. would you say eighty eight or something? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm super lame. But uh, I, uh, Chris, I had to ask. Um, I remember uh, I was I was in Germany many a time when I was younger, and I remember the uh, the displays for Star Wars. They were they were as good as some of the American uh, offerings in stores. And uh, I remember I got a, a uh, in uh, Rebel Commando in Munich. I don't know what store anymore. And I got the uh, the biker scout and uh, speeder bike at one of the stores in munich so right there with you buddy yeah 
That's cool. Matt, do you remember what was the last uh, original Kenner product you picked up? Oh, it's it's that story we've told uh, on a previous show where the power of the force line, the last 13 or whatever they were uh, with the coins, uh, Toys R Us and a Chewbacca bandolier at the same time. Uh, these are the ones your mom. Yeah, the ones mom that my mom basically you. said here, buy these, finish your set. Oh, I wish I. Oh, why didn't my mom do that? And uh, you know, took them home. Unfortunately, opened them up, put them in my Return of the Jedi briefcase carrying case, and uh, that was the end of Star Wars collecting for me as a kid. Jason, clearly, our moms didn't care for us at all. I know. I've actually mentioned to my mom. <laughs> several times in the last 20 years why didn't you keep me collecting just another year yeah, we deserve some kind of restitution <laughs> after all these years <laughs> i think so <laughs> um okay uh chris yeah so um, what was the end for you i remember a friend having the atst driver and nine nub i never got those two so i was basically complete Star Wars, Empire, and like the first half, actually more than half of Jedi, it was like the last wave or two. The, the B-Wing pilot, the uh, Tebow that I never saw. And I, I I think I remember seeing some of the last 17 in stores, but at that point I'd moved on to G.I. Joe or Transformers or whatever. I'd already kind of moved on from Star Wars. And I looked at them thought they were cool, but, you know, I only had so many bucks as like a fourth grader or whatnot. So I kind of, I stopped getting my Star Wars toys shortly after Jedi. So after the main rush of figures on that, um, sadly I was out. And uh, I wouldn't pick up another figure again for a very long time. Uh, Jason, what about you? What was the last uh, Kenner Star Wars uh, figure, vehicle, or what, whatever that you can remember getting as a kid? Um I may be flip-flopping the order of events, but Christmas was always a big Star Wars accumulation season for me, um, from my grandparents. And for years and years, you know, especially after Return of the Jedi, or, you know, Return of the Jedi and later, um, I would, I'd get two or three larger things for, well, larger. I, I didn't have the larger vehicles, like the um, shuttle, or even the Ewok playset or anything like that. I never had those as a kid, but, or an ADAT for that matter. But, um, that Christmas, I, I did get the skiff and the Imperial sniper. Um, and I still have those to this day with, with the boxes and instructions and everything. Um, those are some of my long, longest, uh, cherished collectibles um but this either the summer event it was either before that christmas or the summer after i remember going um there was a a lake resort um close to our house that we'd go to and there's this strip mall there and it had a store called the emporium and um they had a small small selection of star wars toys but it did have power of the force figures and uh, I remember seeing uh, Stormtrooper uh, disguised Luke and um, 
a couple other ones, but I bought the Warrock uh, Ewok, I believe it was. That or Ramba. It was either one of those. I can't remember exactly which one, but I remember leaving the Luke there because I thought the head looked weird. And um, that was the last the last event as far as me getting or purchasing a Star Wars figure back then. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Man, nice having that skiff and uh, Imperial Sniper. Wow. Yeah. Those are nice. I mean, those are – we're not – not cheap on the secondary market once Star Wars came back. Mm-hmm. Oh, awesome. Uh, Jake, what about you? You remember? Yeah, well, I had... What was it for you? <laughs> I had half of the Power of the Force figures as a kid. So Stormtrooper Luke and Lando and, and a handful of others. So, um, but... By the time those came out, though, 1985, those were really um, not important because I was deep into He-Man and Transformers and G.I. Joe at that point. So um, I had really moved on from Star Wars at that point since it kind of petered out. And so, yeah, so mostly Stormtrooper Luke, you know. Um, would be probably one of the last ones I recall getting until, but here's the thing. I remember getting those, but then I also remember like during the dark times going to flea markets and, uh, we had a local drive-in that turned into a flea market in Tacoma and, uh, that flea market, uh, I would have my dad take me and I would look for, vintage star wars figures so i remember picking up uh i remember my princess leia uh, a new hope princess leia's head broke off and i told dad hey i want to go and see if they have one and i remember finding one there so um so i was still hunting for figures um from canner even though it wasn't like the power of the force ones necessarily but ones that i needed more of or needed replacements for so um Mm -hmm. i kept star wars alive but it was definitely uh Oh, and I need this as opposed to like, I would have rather had the newest GI Joe line at that point, you know? So, um, yeah, my, 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 my interests of course, definitely transitioned until 1995. Yeah. Um, for me, I remember 1984, I was kind of back and forth with GI Joe. I couldn't settle on GI Joe or star Wars. My interest in star Wars was waning, but uh, in August of 84, I got, at a Ben Franklin store, I got a Bespin Han on a Return of the Jedi card, and I also got a Boba Fett on a Return of the Jedi card. I did not have either of those figures, and they were on, they were discounted. I think they were a buck each, maybe, yeah, or something like that. So I got those two figures. Those are the last two figures I got at a store. But then I had also mailed away for the Anakin Skywalker figure, and that is the last figure I can I got. I got it mailed to me. I opened it up. I didn't even know what to do with it. It just it was Anakin. I you know as a kid, I was like what eleven at that point. I had no idea what I would to do with an Anakin figure, and that was it for me. I do remember later that later probably in '85, one of my collecting. Or one of my Star Wars friends from from grade school, he and I had collected Star Wars together. We were both, you know, sharing stories and playing together and 
we, we sometimes teamed up on ordering things from catalogs. He showed me the Imperial Dignitary and the uh, Han Carbonite with, with the Han Carbonite figure and the coins, and he was telling me how cool they were. And I think he was trying to coax me back into Star Wars, but I just wasn't, I wasn't, just wasn't going to go for it at that point. I was done with Star Wars for then, and I was really into G.I. Joe in 85. So those are my last kind of memories of what I purchased. Um, Next question I'm going back to Tom is between the end, the 86 and 90, did you think much about Star Wars? Did you ever think you'd come back to it or did you think it was just a fun memory, but over? Uh, I think people still considered me a Star Wars fan way into the nineties. So I don't think that really Star Wars never really left. Um, because I still had, uh, um, I still had my Star Wars collection on display where my, uh, my family lived in Port Angeles. So in my old bedroom, my Star Wars stuff was still there. So whenever I came back, there was still Star Wars stuff um, wow. on display. <laughs> yeah, until the mid-90s. That was really uh, – yeah, that was a really uh, good icebreaker for, you know, the babes that might, you know. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of explaining <laughs> to do. <laughs> But no, I was nice. I was a big I was a big fan, and I don't think it really changed. So I, I would, whenever I was at a store and I happened to see like a Star Wars related magazine or something like that, I'd always pick it up. So I really wasn't sure if mm-hmm. it was ever coming back, but I was. I, nonetheless, I was still a a Star Wars fan. And when I was going to school and stuff, you know, there'd be a weird random showing of Star Wars, and my friends would always tell me about it and try to catch that and that kind of thing. And we'd uh, uh, go to antique shops and, and buy a random carded figure and stuff. So didn't really change. It would be interesting to see if I would still be into star Wars. If, if, if things didn't change from when I was a kid, you know, after star Wars left, but that would be kind of an interesting question. Of course, we know, but still, yeah, I think I was, uh, I was definitely a star Wars fan from, age seven to, to now. Not as hardcore as you guys though, but hmm. I like me. Ryan, what about you? Did you uh, think much about star Wars between 86 and 90? Uh, between 86 and 90, probably not much. I got hard into to GI Joe. Um, and after GI Joe, I went really big into transformers. Um, I don't think I got like, I wouldn't say I, I thought a, a lot about it. I still liked it, but like I kept all my stuff and I put it in a box and it was kept, uh, you know, in the crawl space underneath our house. We had a very large crawl space, but um, there was somewhere in there. I know it was while I was in high school. So that's ninety one when I started high school. Um, that uh, I pulled everything out and set it up in my room. And I know the the catalyst for that was there was two things. It was the super return, uh, super Star Wars game came out on the Super Nintendo. And I love playing that. And then uh, if you guys remember uh, the Maxell cassette tapes, like if you got so many, they had points on them and you could send the points in to get like free music and movies and stuff like that. And I was really getting into like VHS movies and I got uh, Star Wars, the original uh, Star Wars on VHS. And I hadn't really seen it in a long time. I, I'm not sure if I ever really fully saw it because I, I didn't see it in theaters. And I remember seeing it kind of on VHS, but not like, I don't know if I watched it all the way through. And I remember sitting down and watching that and just like falling all in love with it again. And um, 
I know that was the, the other big thing. Like there was that VHS tape and the, the Super Star Wars game. And it just kind of launched me back in. And it wasn't long after that that we started seeing like the other stuff that we'll talk about shortly. But yeah, up until 1990, I wouldn't say there was there was much. No, it was sitting in a box underneath my house. Uh, Chris B, what'd you think? What were, where were you between 86 and 90 as far as Star Wars goes? Um, yeah, it was gone for me. Like, there was no Star Wars whatsoever. It just kind of fizzled out and it was, there was, it was nothing. It was, I mean, dark times were the dark times for me, for sure. I mean, there was really, there was nothing on, on TV, uh, nothing in the newsstands or anything. I do remember seeing the, because uh, my grandmother used to work in a, in a kiosk selling magazines and, uh, she got in these Ewok, cartoons um but that just didn't really interest me back then you know i also remember that we had the uh the ewok movies come out in the theaters um but i just couldn't relate like it didn't like these movies did not feel like star wars to so, me right in germany you got to see them in an actual theater. yeah but but it was did, confusing did you, did you go yeah but yeah. it was confusing because um it's kind of like the mini rigs right like you don't know where to put where would it place it, mm-hmm. you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it just didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. It didn't have the magic for me, you know? Mm-hmm. So I know that Spaceballs at some point came out, right? That was like in the late 80s, I think. So Yeah, that was around 86, I think. Yeah, so... 87. 87. Yeah, yeah but after that, I you know, just kind of went away. And then... I want to say maybe 92, 93 or so is when it just kind of came back for me with, uh, you know, lollipops, Star Wars lollipops back then. And uh, the uh, Star Wars magazine actually found that. And, uh, yeah, just little by little, it just kind of crept back, like kind of came back into the life, you know. It's like, I mean, it's it's your next point, but basically the uh, Timothy Sands trilogy, even though I wasn't a fan of the, the books, but I love the cover art, you know, and, and seeing those in the store and just it was Star Wars, you know. So they kind of just kind of brought it, did bring it back for me, you know. But um, yeah, and then one time I remember coming home and my mom, my mom was watching The Return of the Jedi. <laughs> it was on TV and they were in Jabba's Palace. And I was like, oh, my God, I cannot remember the names of these creatures, and it got me really angry because, you know, I always, you know, thought that I was so familiar with them, you know, like, you know, all of these characters and because you have the figures of them, but I could not remember them. And it just kind of like it shocked me back then. It was just a total shock. Um, so much so that I actually went down into the basement and pulled out uh, my Kenner figures back then. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it just kind of slowly came back. And then, you know, part of the Force 2 started and. Yeah, that was it for me. Matt, what, where were you 86 to 90 as far as Star Wars? Yeah, goes? I was out too. Um, I got into, you know, Jedi came out, you know, in May of like sixth grade for me. And um, junior high, I started hanging out with different kids, you know, bad, tough kids who liked Star Trek. And they got me into Star Trek. Uh, and then, you know, and then Next Generation came on. So during those years, I was pretty much a Star Trek fan. And Jason, I didn't these dislike are, these Star are shocking, Wars. These are shocking testimonials. I, shocking, I am flabbergasted. Shocking I'm, testimonials. I'm flabbergasted. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, 
you know, there, it just wasn't anything around. I never disliked it. I just didn't, you know, think about it too much. I know, like, Return of the Jedi came out on VHS, like, the right around my birthday, like, for the first time. And my dad bought the VHS tape for me. And I, I liked that. I watched, you know, I was happy about that. I think that was 1986 that that came out. But that was probably the only Star Wars thing I acquired between those action figures and well into the 90s was like that videotape. But didn't dislike it, just didn't think too much about it. You know, Star Tours, Mm -hmm. when that opened at Disney World, and I guess that was at the very end of 89. um, But other than that, it was just, you know, out of sight, out of mind. So, you know, that's about it. Yeah, Star Trek all the way, man. So I guess I was the oh. only one who actually recorded the uh, audio of Star Wars and go to bed every night listening to Star Wars. Yep. Was that was that just me? I No, I had a friend that did that. My friend Brett. He did that <laughs> okay, too. Okay, so it was me and Brett. You. That's it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I had my yeah. bootleg copies on VHS from like when it was on HBO and what? all that. You guys You had bootleg guys, copies back well, in the not, day? Guys, like to get no, just fans. like it was on HBO and we'd record it. You know, I recorded it. That's against the law, man. That's against well, the law. Well, there's a statute of limitations on it. It's, you know. <laughs> I, I did that, so don't worry. I, I did it, too. I'm with you there. I'm sending an email to the FBI right as we as we speak. <laughs> but, again, that would have been, you know, when that debuted, like, in before Jedi came out. I remember that was on HBO, like, in early 83. So that was not uh, dark times. Chris. Chris M., where were you between... 86 and 90 as far as Star Wars. Oh, I was still wearing out my copied uh, VHS uh, from recording from HBO also. Uh, I was watching. I probably watched it at least every year. There was the whole trilogy. Uh, At some point, I would stick it in and watch it. But I wasn't buying any product, clearly. And um, the rest of it, it was outside of my uh, world. So the movies. And I came back to them as frequently as I could. But mm-hmm. the rest of my life had moved on. If it wasn't on my Nintendo, you know, after G.I. Joe and Transformers passed, it went to Nintendo and basically became video games and then um, playing sports as I went into later middle school and into high school. And that and school just ate up all my time. So really, Star Wars was pretty heavily off my radar unless, you know, I had a quiet Saturday night where I could throw it in. Jason, where were you 86 to 90 with Star Wars? Um, I think like a lot of people, I I didn't really pay attention to uh, like Ewoks or Droids series. I never watched, I, I still haven't seen them. Um, I didn't watch the... Wait, no, what? I haven't seen Droids or Ewoks cartoons. Come on! Nope. They're on Disney Plus. Ever? Are you? Are I, you, Is it now just a matter of principle, or what? I, no, it's not. No, I will not watch. No, it's um, I, I don't know. It just has never had any interest for me. I I started uh, before they were on Disney Plus. I started watching Droids. I think some of the episodes were on uh, YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, I I watched three or four of those. I think so. You know. But I've, I've not seen it all, and I've not seen any of the Ewoks, um, nor the movies like Caravan of Courage. I've never seen it, or whatever the other, Battle for Endor, I haven't seen it. But that's uh, vintage Lucasfilm. There's something about that era that is magical, even though the I, content I, is crap. 
I tried to get my kid. I have a two-year-old and a five-year-old. I tried to get them to watch the Ewoks. They were not. They had. They wanted nothing to do with it. Oh, right. that's Neither opposite them. here. They loved the Ewok movies. They love my kids. Not not the movies. The not the movies. movies. Well, not the movies. I'm talking the cartoons. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. Yeah. I mean, I know at some point I've seen Willow, but I could not tell you what happens in that movie. Oh, dagger in my heart for almost having the whole toy line. <laughs> I have never, I have never seen never that. Seen oh, never. double yeah, dagger. I, neither have I. Yeah, no. I have no intention on ever watching. I have no intention of ever watching Willow. Truth coming out here. Oh, <laughs> the only Lucasfilm movie Willow. I saw in the late '80s was Howard the Duck. Yeah, saw Howard the Duck. I haven't seen that, that either. Was, that was a real turd too, by the yeah. way. That, that turned me up because of that. I didn't go see Tucker. Right. Um, I haven't. What about what was the other one? Radio Radio Land Murders, Murder Music Land, yeah. uh, Murders, yeah, Radio Land Murders. So yeah, so like I was kind of out of the Star Wars as far as collecting goes. There were there wasn't anything, so I wasn't really keeping up on any kind of media that might have tied into it, even like Star like uh, droids or Ewoks. I was into a GI Joe a little bit, um, but in the you know late 80s i was getting into skateboarding and cars and you know like uh, fighter jet model kits and stuff like that so i was i i still had all my stuff i still i still have every bit of star wars stuff i had from when i was a kid today in this room that i'm in right now um but when during that time period it was just in my closet on shell in shelves in there just kind of out of sight, out of mind, for the most part. You know, the the Star Wars things that I had out were replaced with, you know, skateboarding posters and, you know, crappy uh, art, better stuff like that. You know, movie poster art and stuff like that from, you know, like Predator and all that kind of '80s era movies. I I would say. Um, so yeah, uh, once once ninety five ninety six rolled back around, I was I was back into it like like I had never left. So, hmm. Jake, well, eighty six to ninety. What were you doing with Star Wars? Anything? Very little, very little. Like I said, uh, among the random toy runs with my dad to find them at flea markets, I. I was more interested in tracking down all the other toy lines that I collected in the mid to late 80s. And that's everything from G.I. Joe and He-Man phased out shortly thereafter. Um, but Transformers, GoBots, Star, uh, um, Sky Commanders, Starcom, uh, GoBots, I said that already, um, Battle Beasts, um, you name it. Every random 80s line i think i i dabbed dabbled in but didn't uh didn't uh, do much for star wars so it wasn't until i was in high school that i started to get interested in star wars again because so many people had gotten rid of their star wars stuff that when they found out that i never got rid of anything it was all of a sudden of interest and they wanted to come see their old toys in my collection so I remember putting uh, in my room, putting up the display, the micro collection, you know, because that's an easy little collection to put up 
for display and, you know, uh, friends were really, really interested. And I remember in high school in the early 90s to, um, you know, staying in at lunch because my buddy and I decided to start to trivia, trivia uh, challenge each other about Star Wars knowledge. And so I would go home and bust out my Rusty Miller, you know, Star Wars trivia guide and practice up and watch the show movies and and come and try to hit him with you know numbers of princess leia's cell and things like that so yeah it wasn't really until high school that i decided to kind of get more back into the whole star wars thing mm-hmm. um for me it was mostly dead i didn't think about it much i remember one time in 86 we first got cable for the first time ever in our house and uh I, we didn't have HBO, but it was showing Empire on HBO, so it was scrambled. So I tried to watch Empire on a scrambled uh, signal. I don't know if anybody remembers what it yeah. used to be like. You could, I was yeah. watching Star so I was, Wars on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I wasn't watching Star yeah. Wars on it. Right, well, hey. Um, but God bless you anyways, for watching Star Wars on anyways. scrambled. Uh, that's cute. I was I was watching so Empire Scrambled. I was watching Empire <laughs> Scrambled, and I was trying to con- I was trying to convince my mom to order HBO so I could watch it just unscrambled, and she wasn't going for it. She's like, "No, we just got cable. We don't need to, you know, pay any more for yeah, whatever." She she shut it down right there, and then I didn't really think about it much at all until I was one summer summer '89. I was at a college program in New York, and uh, they, I was in, in a dorm room. I was still in high school, but I did some early college thing in New York and um, somebody had the trilogy on VHS and I would say like 10 or 20 of us just sat there and watched the whole trilogy. And it was really the first time since I was a kid that I really took it back in. And I remember thinking if he ever come, if they ever make episode one, two and three, I'm going to buy every toy from it and everything possible. Like I knew then if this comes back, I'm going to be all in. I'd never considered to be back in 95 but um that's about it um as far as my memories of that time and now fast forward um, to today and we're talking about the rancor coming out like 40 years later yeah. you know yeah. i mean how, how you know this is good times you know i mean, you know we all complain right. about it and we all take it apart and too expensive and what have you but when you think about it mm-hmm. the fact that we're here on the podcast talking to each other about what we love so much you know um and then you know all these toys yeah. still coming out from the movies just amazing yeah who would have thought in our middle ages i think we're all middle-aged around you know i won't speak for everyone but i'm pretty sure we're all middle-aged men right now <laughs> that we're still still buying toys from these movies yeah. right it's, it's a good point <laughs> you know it's like you know I, th- I think if the rancor would have come out at a different time I would have been more open to getting it, but like how it was mentioned, you know, kind of circling back, it's having so many things come out at this time of the year when, especially if you've got family and kids that you're trying to, you know, do something for, for the holidays, it's like it stuff for me goes right off the top of the list. You know, it's, it's, that's a completely selfish and splurge type of a type of an item that I could easy swing far more easily in the summer, you know, when there's 
Should, yeah, mm-hmm. and not and not to get too much back into this rancor thing, but since you brought it up, should they have ended the campaign like after the holidays? Do you think that would have been a maybe a wiser move? Or do you think it doesn't well, matter? statistically, people are broke as AF in the after the yeah, holidays. I suppose so, so I don't know. I don't know that that's the mm-hmm. best. You ran the campaign. Tax return it's a time. Tax refund day. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, exactly. Chris got it. That's about when the bar ended. Right. right? Middle of April. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, what was the next question on the list? Okay. So, after that, after 1990, Star Wars came creeping back with Timothy, Timothy Zahn's Thrawn trilogy and then uh, the Dark Horse uh, Dark Horse comics Dark Empire. Tom, what did you think when these came out? And did you did it reawaken anything in you? Did you think much of it? Uh, I didn't really dig the Zahn books. I read one of them. Uh, the Truce at Bakura, I think, or whatever. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, that pretty much <laughs> ended it for me. That's not Zahn. Oh, I don't, yeah, I don't okay. know who that is. Well, I mean, even before that, the Zahn books. I, that book, I didn't, yeah. I didn't get into those much because that, that the, book takes... I think that strayed too far from the movies. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was. I was definitely a hardcore movie guy, so I that didn't work. But what did work was and this is well into '95. Uh, but the uh, the books I did enjoy, and I know I'm going on a tangent, but the uh, the the backstory books from the the Cantina stories and the Bounty Hunter stories, mm-hmm. I like those. But the the Zan the Zan books just didn't like the tales. Yeah, the tales from the tales, the, basically Cantina yeah. and stuff. But the, these books, um, I was I was definitely aware of them, but I I didn't really. Uh, Ryan, what about you? When the Zon trilogy and the Dark Horse uh, comics started coming out, did, did you get back in then, or? Yes, you... um, I I remember seeing Heir to, Heir to the Empire at like a grocery store or something. You remember grocery stores used to have like a big book section and stuff, and. For some reason, I thought just Star Wars books had just always been coming out, you know, since Return of the Jedi. Um, but I remember seeing that, and I remember hearing people talking about it. And I picked up a paperback copy of Heir to the Empire, and, and I really enjoyed it. And I, I, it was the around the same time or, or after there of, you know, like I said, Super, uh, Super Star Wars and all that. But, uh, like, it was that helping that rekindling that love of Star Wars that uh, – that you know, reading that, I just really got into it, and from that point forward, like I got in and read practically every Star Wars book that came out until about the year two thousand one or two thousand two, whenever they killed Chewbacca, and I, that whole series just kind of turned me off a little bit. But uh, yeah, I I really enjoyed it. I look back at the Zon books; they were fun. I'm not like a lot of people today who like hold them up, but they should make movies. I think some people need to go and reread those again because there's a lot of weird stuff in those books. Like if we want to talk about weird clones in the current movies like you, you know we have a clone of luke with an extra u in his name and joris kaboth and all that and there's some weird things in the books but uh but they were really fun to just get your imagination going with star wars and think about you know how these characters continued on uh at, you know five years after return of the jedi and all that and i i, I enjoyed the heck out of it chris b did the zon trilogy or the dark horse comics do anything for you when they came out in 19 they started in 1990 um well it certainly put star wars back onto my radar for you know that there was Mm. still star wars out there um yeah i i never was a fan 
of these books and stories. I, I remember specifically that I just couldn't stand the fact that Luke Skywalker had a girlfriend, you know? Um, yeah, I have to go back and, and re, uh, read, read these. Um, I actually bought the, uh, the graphic novels a while ago so I can go through them a little faster to catch up with the story. But back then, at least all we had was the original trilogy back then. Right. So, I mean, that's the Luke Skywalker that we knew back then, you know, and I just didn't see that the story would go that way, the way, you know, Timothy Son, you know, put it. So, but I mean, it's a long time ago. I, I, you know, looked into those and maybe it's time to revisit now that a lot of people seem to think that uh, the Bad Batch might even, I don't know, go into that route and, and have some throwbacks to that storyline. Maybe be interesting to go back and see if uh, that's actually the case. So, yeah, so it didn't really do a whole lot for me. The weird thing is, every time I see Timothy Son at a convention and I, like he's at a lot of different conventions, right? I think I've seen him like 10 times over the years and every time I see him, I'm like, yeah, man, I just never really connected with your stories, you know. That's and and he's got these huge lines and everything, but I always feel like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not. I never got into. It. You said that to him? No, of course you not. You said that to him? No. Oh, okay. No. Okay. He was actually a, a convention <laughs> guest back in '97. That was the first Star Wars convention I ever went to. That was in uh, in Munich. Steve Sansweet mm-hmm. was there, and and Howie Weed who played the Wampa in the special editions, and. Uh, Anthony Daniels was there and Lorne Peterson was there. So they had a bunch of star, uh, stars from the, from the movies. Uh, and Timothy Song was one of them back then. So he was, he was definitely getting a lot of attention back then already. So that was in 97, I think it was. Tom, I think you need to take your Trusa Bakura copy and have Timothy Zahn sign it. (laughs) 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 Yeah. I, I was definitely wasn't into the books. (laughs) <laughs> Matt, uh, what did you think about the Zon trilogy when it came out and the Dark Horse, Dark Empire stuff? Um, well, I didn't even know about Dark Empire until years later. Um, the Zon books, I I was aware of them because my college roommate was reading, I guess, the first one. I don't know when, you know, during college. And he was really into it and like wanted to, you know, they were like, let's go out, let's go do stuff. And he's like, no, I'm reading this book. So I had a really unfavorable view of the book for a long, long time, just because of that. Um, I finally read them in the, I think like 2005, 2006 or something. They were all right. They were good. They're some of the better Star Wars books I've ever read. Uh, But yeah, they are a little, you know, since they were first, they're, different you know from the rest of them uh but they're you know they turned out to be important they gave us things like coruscant and whatnot so uh thrawn of course um but yeah but i didn't read them at the time and they didn't have a huge impression on me so Mm. you know whatever i was still into star trek Uh, Chris, what about you? Did you jump back in? Uh, I did. I didn't even register that these things existed at all. Period. I mean, uh, not a thing about these it even crossed my consciousness. Um, I have gone back and read the Thrawn trilogy. I can't say I was impressed at all. Um, it just it did not do it for me at all. So yeah, I was. I was in other places at this time, and um, 
Star Wars, especially Star Wars EU, just was not on my map. But I still watch those the VHS like... tape running that thing. It was getting dodgy by this point. Yeah, those that Thrawn trilogy is like holy books to some fans. Yeah, I know lots of people love. I'm not yeah. going to say it's a bad mm-hmm. book. It's just man, it's not my yeah. it's not my cup of tea. Right. Uh, Jason, what about you? Did you get back in with the Thrawn trilogy or Dark Horse's Dark Empire? I I did. Um, I bought the books when they came out. I I think I even bought the first two books again on cassette when they came out. Um, at the time, uh, you know, I, like has been mentioned here, I I was kind of I, I liked the stories just for the fact it was new Star Wars and it was different. And, you know, it was kind of maybe not the greatest of writing or greatest of stories, but it was just it was new Star Wars again. So I was kind of interested, um, not not so much as to where I just needed more now kind of a kind of a deal. But um, it was it was the starting point for the whole resurgence of me getting back into everything um again once they started pumping out merchandise shortly thereafter jake oh yeah 100 percent. were you back in with these oh, yeah um i call this the renaissance of star wars and i i popped in probably around 92 so by the time dark force rising came out i became aware of like heir to the empire and I, re- I have very fond memories of like one super hot, sweaty summer sitting under a fan and just binging, reading Heir to the Empire and Dark Force Rising back to back. And so absolutely was in there. I felt that um, I felt then that Timothy Zahn captured the voice of Han and Leia. And uh, unlike most other authors had and still to this date and I actually um, got to interview Timothy Zahn last summer at uh, uh, Washington State SummerCon and I told him this I'm like I've read a lot of I've listened or read to a lot of books and you capture the cadence and the voice and the when when I read Han with Zahn I, I feel like it's actually Harrison Ford and he goes, do you know where that comes from? That comes from the fact that when my kids were young, we took lots of cross-country trips, and I recorded the films on audio cassette, and we would play them nonstop in the car. And so we just all got used to hearing the movies on tape as we traveled across the country. And so when it came time for him to get this job, he definitely had those cadences and those those point of views of the characters because he had heard them so many times. I thought that was a really cool story because that resonated with me and still does. Um, now I haven't gone back and reread or listened to, I do a lot of audible. I really like the star Wars books on audible because they put in the sound effects and the scores and it makes it a little more um, exciting to, you know, experience as opposed to just your own head. Um, but yeah, I was definitely in with the Zahn, and I was definitely, this was the time that I got interested in comics. I had a buddy in middle school who introduced me to both Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and X-Men at the same time, and then that was right when Star Wars started coming out. So I started kind of 
opening up to comics and now it's 2021 and I'm still reading comics weekly and monthly. And so definitely both of these campaigns, the comics and the novels were a big turning point for me where I, I went deep into star Wars after this. And so when we talk about the lines and merchandise that came after, I was all in because of these media for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. I remember I was a freshman in college. I think it was fall of 91 and I was saw air to the empire, the hardcover. Uh, I think it was BB Dalton or one of those Walden books or one of those uh, bookstores that used to exist inside malls. And I looked at it, and I, when I realized that George Lucas did not write it, I had no interest. I thought, if George Lucas isn't writing this, this doesn't really seem like Star Wars to me. And I just put it away. I had no interest. It just, I only wanted to hear, at that time, I really only wanted to hear George Lucas's story of Star Wars. I wouldn't really consider someone else's story. Um, and I didn't even take into consideration how many other people had probably worked on you know, the scripts for the original trilogy. But to me, it was George's story. And if he didn't write this novel, it wasn't Star Wars. And I didn't want to read it. So I didn't, which is just the way it went. And then when I saw the uh, comics, the Dark Empire, the Dark Empire comics in the in the comic book shop, I looked at them. I thought they were based on, for some reason, I had the misconception that they were based on the Thrawn trilogy. I thought they were just like comic adaptations. I don't know why I thought that, but I did. And, uh, same thing, I just kind of wasn't interested. But then in 93, late 93, early 94, I had a girlfriend who had read the Thrawn trilogy, and she was telling me about it, and I was fascinated. I was asking her, is Admiral Akbar in it? Is, you know, what does Luke do? What is, like, I just became really interested. So something had changed by then, by 94. But for the most part, those, the publishing of the Thrawn trilogy or the Dark Dark Horse books didn't do much for me originally. Next question is when the merchandise started coming back out, not the not the Power of the Force 2 stuff, which we'll discuss on some other show. And I really don't want to do like a blow by blow or a deep dive into these lines, but when they started coming out, did you collect them? The out of character movies that were at Suncoast, I think which evolved into applause. Bendem figures, you know, we joke oh about those from time to time. Micro Machines and then Action Masters from Kenner. Tom, when you saw this stuff coming out, did you buy any of it? Uh, well, we can all assume that the Bendems were uh, uh, not on my list. But uh, I did get the Micro Machines. I thought those were great. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, the was the uh, Action Fleet, those little... The the ships and stuff was that action fleet that that was later, that was later, later that was on later. that was okay, later on so yeah. micro machines were definitely on the list absolutely yeah mm-hmm. but I think that was definitely it uh, I remember going into Suncoast and going what the hell are these applause figures are terrible <laughs> terrible so yeah for me it was just the uh, for me it was just the micro machines which were which were great right. I had the, all the, the the pewter sets and all that garbage. Oh, Good wow. times. You were into oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ryan, what about you? Did you start collecting these lines every, as they started to come out? Every single bit of it, yes. Uh, Woo! 
when I, I remember seeing like the in character stuff at Suncoast, and I bought. Is it in character? I wrote out of character out of on the notes. Char- I is think it- they're, they go by both names. It, it depends on when you see them. I it might be just out of character. Okay. I don't know. Uh, we did a whole show on it with Collecting Cosmos a while back, but yeah, um, it's still up. It's yep. still up. If you uh, look through our history, you can find but it. But I remember seeing the Han Solo and the Luke uh, X Wing, which were the first two done, and I bought the Han Solo because I didn't think the Luke X Wing looked good, and yet now that Luke X Wing is the hardest one to find, but. Um, it, uh, like, I, I saw that, I was like, oh, this, this is cool, and I remember the Micro Machines, I got super excited, I had a friend who worked at, uh, my old friend Arnie's Discount Toys, I talked about that before, I had a friend who worked there in high school, and I remember those first three sets, the, the Death Star Hoth, and, um, what was the third set, there was three, shoot, um, but uh, they they got those in, and I went down and bought them like immediately. And the and the little um, ship sets, I remember buying those and bringing them to school. And the Bendums, yes, even the Bendums. I I specifically remember uh, in orchestra in uh, in high school attaching the Darth Vader Bendum to the scroll of my viola while I was playing and stuff like that. So it was uh, like every bit of that. And the Action Masters when those came out, I was like, oh, I I thought those were super cool. I got every one of those, the mail-in 3PO and all of that. And, um, yeah, everything Star Wars that was coming out, I was like, I am not missing anything. And, you know, beyond that, like little tiny party Mm -hmm. favors and stuff like that, I was buying everything. It was crazy. Uh, Chris B., did you collect any of this stuff when it started coming out? I did not. No. Um, No. (laughs) No, it was not on my radar. It was basically – Did you even know it was out? Um, No. Any of these were out? Um, okay. No, and if I, you know, maybe I saw it, but I ignored it. Maybe I don't know. I don't remember seeing them though. Um, but it was like I mentioned earlier, like Star Wars lollipops, kind of like the party favorite stuff that Ryan just mentioned. That was kind of like more the stuff that um, that I started getting into for a while, especially early on. Mm. So until until Power the Force Two really hit. So okay, yeah. I don't ever remember seeing Star Wars lollipops that early. Yeah, I I think I saved yeah. some. Uh, I'm gonna send you some pictures. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, all right, Matt, did you collect any of this stuff? This applause, Bendems, micro machines, action masters. Um, okay. I wouldn't have collected it. I mean, I haven't collected it still, so I'm sure I would not have collected it then. Uh, but I mean, I was getting like in like in. I guess it would have been 92 when I like finished college and got my job. And like my, the present that I bought for myself was like a laser disc player. Laser disc I bought was empire strikes back. You know, it was the, is the first disc that I bought. So, I mean, I was still into star Wars now, uh, but you know, I just not the toys and that, um, I guess it came out in 93 or 94, that dark forces video game. Um, I mean, oh, I played so cool. that. I played that a lot. That on the PC. Me too. So. Me too. Um, I mean, I was doing that you know, game was. I just that game was hard, or my computer wouldn't run it properly. I, I don't know which. Well, it was. I don't know. It was like Doom, right? It was. I think Dark Forces mm. came out in '95. I think. All I know is I was over. I was living right. overseas. That was the other thing. And the you know um, until like late '95, I was out of the country. So a lot of this stuff I just mm. wouldn't have known about, uh, even if okay. I had been. Um, you know, just because I wasn't around. So, um, yeah, the toy stuff, I would not have, I mean, this particular toy stuff, I would not have cared about even if I saw it. 
Surprised right. you didn't pick up the definitive edition, Matt. On laser the laser disc? Yeah. Yeah. Well, when I bought it, when I got my laser, that wasn't out yet. Oh. Okay. And by the time okay. that came out, I already had Empire and Star Wars on laser disc, so I didn't want to buy them again. That's funny you mentioned buying a laser disc because of that, because but, I bought one because but, of the definitive collection. So yeah. I, I mean, if it had been six months later or something, yeah, it would have been the same way. Yeah. They weren't out yet. But Matt, sure. you've gone you've gone back and bought it. Oh though, yeah, right? I mean I've got all that, all that now, stuff. But yeah, back yeah. then it was not. Yes, I mean, Letterbox Empire Strikes Back, and I thought that was pretty awesome. So, uh, Chris, what about you? Did you collect any of this stuff no. in the early nineties? Um, I I didn't go into toy stores. Period. Uh, during this time, I do remember going to Suncoast and seeing those applause things, those abominations. And I don't. Are they really that bad? I don't remember. Oh, Yes. I've looked at them in the last decade? I, I haven't. Oh, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me, Jason? They're, they're bad. <laughs> I don't it's know. Hot, they're not that it's bad. It's garbage, Jason. Come on. All right. All right. I'll take your word for yeah, it. Yeah, I remember seeing those, and I was not impressed. I, my mind was in other places. And so, I mean, all of the toys, uh, the Benhams, the Action Masters, Micro Machines. I I wasn't even going into toy stores, period. So I would have never even come across them. So. All right. X Wing. That was the video game I was playing in like '94. Jason, did you collect any of this stuff? Um, definitely the Micro Machines. I remember getting those for Christmas mm-hmm. and birthdays and stuff. Um, applause. I believe I got the Darth Vader one as a Christmas gift one year from my aunt. And that was the only experience I've had with the line other than seeing it in stores, but I never purchased one on purpose. Um, In fact, I recycled that Darth Vader this summer. Um, I, I, I just got rid I just tossed it in the recycling as I was cleaning out a bunch of stuff in the garage I'm just there's no place for this in my collection. I didn't. You, get you understand Ryan's on this call, right? You can't. I don't know if you can. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, uh, Benham's never never had one. Uh, don't plan on it either. Uh, and I never had Action Masters. So. If this was if this was okay. testing the waters for Star Wars merchandise, this was pretty weak stuff. Mm. It was it was pretty in in because a lot of things at the time. Though. We yeah, but we all saw this stuff and said it's awesome. But it's awesome to see Star Wars toys. But we want the real stuff. We want the real awesome thing figures. Back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we want the real thing. All right. Um, Jake, what about you? Did you get in on any of this stuff? Oh, you know me. I'm a Star Wars whore. Of course I did. Um, I, I collected almost all the Micro Machines. I think Ryan has a few pieces that I don't have because he went deeper into the, um, I think, the prequels than I did. But, um, but yeah, I was I was deep into the Micro Machines. I had some of the Bendems. I've gone back and completed most of them. I think I have them all. I might need one or two still. That's actually something I should probably look into. Um, applause figures I got, yes. Uh, not all of them. I've gone back and filled in holes, you know, because, I, again, you're, you're dealing with a middle school kid and start to be high school kid at this time that I don't have 
the budget that I could have today in 2021. So um, Action Masters, I didn't do when they first came out, but I didn't. But I did a couple of years later. So not, uh, you know, it wasn't. Uh, I didn't wait a decade to pick these up, but I did pick them up early on, but not right when they came out. So Micro uh, Micro Machines was the big one for me. I definitely was in from the beginning when they did the the Hoth set and the Endor set and the um, Clouds. No, Cloud City wasn't first wave. It was Endor Hoth. Help me out, Ryan. What was the third set that they did? Endor Hoth uh, and... Yeah, Endor, uh, that's the one I couldn't remember. Endor Hoth and the Death Star. The Death Star, thank you. That's what it was. Yep. So, yeah, I was in from Micro Machines for sure. Um, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, uh, essentially from those Micro Machine sets till today, I don't think I've ever stopped anything Star Wars. So um, that was definitely a return to collecting for me. Star Wars. I saw. I remember seeing the out of character applause figures in the mall, but I don't. I don't actually remember what they looked like. But I just remember kind of seeing them, and just excited to see Star Wars stuff. But I didn't even consider buying them. Bendems. I thought, eh, they look kind of cool, but I really want just action figures, so I didn't buy those. Um, action Masters. I liked that they had Kenner, the Kenner logo. I just liked seeing that logo again because it did remind me of the old stuff i almost bought those but didn't and later on i did buy some of them but years later the micro machines i thought i will only buy the star the new hope the star wars sets and not empire and not jedi because at that point a new hope it probably still was my favorite movie and i thought if i just buy stuff from star wars a new hope I might do that. And I ended up getting the C-3PO playset, the head, the C-3PO head that transforms in the cantina. And then I got the Death Star set that had a few figures in it and an X-Wing. I was pretty happy with those. But I was wondering, what am I going to tell my girl? I had a, you know, my girlfriend at the time. I'm like, what am I going to tell her? I'm buying all these Star Wars toys now. Like, I didn't really know what the, I was kind of, that was kind of going through my head at the same time. Like, what do I t- uh, you know, tell people I'm buying these toys? Um, I really didn't know how to process that at the time. That was an awkward um, thing of the time, is like to tell people. Yeah, it's it's yeah. St- you know yeah it is yeah. it's an awkward thing. I think all I think all toy collectors probably at some point you know at one point or another have to think about you know how, do I tell people I'm collecting toys? Do I not? Is this socially awkward? Is it cool? I mean I think it's a lot more hip hip or cooler now than it was certainly in the early 90s but you know it's something everyone probably has thought about or had who collects toys this landscape definitely is a little bit more forgiving in that kind of thing it is a little yeah to some extent yeah yeah the terms nerd or geek or whatever kind of aren't what they used to be you know it used to be if you called someone a nerd or a geek it was really a put down it was not something to be proud right. of or to you know you know, it was a put down. It was an insult. We are right. mainstream now, baby. And, and it, We're mainstream. And it was meant it, it was meant to be hurtful. Mm-hmm. The term nerd and geek, that was those were meant to be hurtful terms. They were not meant to be I'm cool, I'm collecting stuff terms. It took all. a few decades, so, Jake. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. We've arrived. So then We've fi- arrived. <laughs> we finally <laughs> last back. question on the list. I I kind of mess with the letters are kind of screwed up on the list I sent you guys. 
at least some of you guys. Um, but at what, okay, final question. At what point did you consider yourself back as a collector of Star Wars toys? Tom, back to you. Well, I mean, 95, of course. Mm-hmm. So that's, I mean, that's Power really Force when it, things really came back and with a vengeance. So yeah, 95, I would say. I was out You're there. Back. I was hitting every bloody store I could think of. We had, there were a couple of Rite Aids in my area, and I would go up to Port Angeles and stuff where my folks lived, and I would uh, I would hit every one. I would hit every store that I thought would have Star Wars toys along the way. It was insane. So you were looking for Power of the Force two specifically? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, Ryan, when did you consider yourself back as a collector of Star Wars toys? I'd say right there with the micro machines and Bendems and all that, because I was buying every bit of it. I was full on in. I I'd gotten back into toy collecting in the same time. Uh, oddly, not in Star Wars. Uh, I was shopping for a birthday present for my cousin. I was looking at Batman stuff. And I saw this cool Michael Keaton Batman figure where you could, you know, take the, the, the cowl off. And I thought that was so cool. And like, I'm buying something for my cousin and I, I just kept going back to the figure. I ended up buying the figure for myself. And I was just kind of like, it was kind of a weird feeling, you know, and then I ended up buying like a Jurassic Park T-Rex and, uh, Batman animated series Batmobile. And then like the Star Wars stuff is hitting and, I was like, this is so cool, and I had all my stuff set up again, and I'm buying all this stuff. Like, by the time Power of the Force 2 came out in 95, I was 100% in already. Uh, in fact, I'd gotten a job at Toys R Us specifically because I knew that stuff was coming, and um, I, I wanted to be there to get it, and it was just super exciting to, to have that and watch watch it explode at the time. Um, it was it was just tons of fun. But, uh, yeah, I'd say probably... In those early stages, I was getting hardcore into Star Wars collecting again. Chris B., when did you consider yourself back as a Star Wars toy collector? Um, 95, Power of the Force 2. Although, um, you know, I didn't really know anybody who would collect, you know, who collected toys. It was just, you know, none of my friends were into toys or anything like that. So for me to really consider myself a you know, to understand that I was collecting Star Wars action figures, that I was a collector, that didn't really, like, sink in until I moved here to Seattle, to be honest with you guys, when I felt like, okay, there's other people who are just way more into this stuff than me. Um, and that's kind of like when it clicked. But before that, you know, like, 95, I would say until, like, 2000, 2001, that, that was a time for me where I could hardly afford anything. You know, the, the episode one figures that came out. Yeah, I, I bought a few when they came out, but um, I, you know, had tons and tons of holes that I, you know, filled over the years, you know, by going to toy shows and, and you know, so to like, even though I was super interested in it and I was really keeping up with all the news and everything um, as good as I could at the time because there was no Internet. Right. Um but yeah, it wasn't, so I consider myself that I got really into it in 95, but really, um, it, I think it would, it took on a different level, um, after I moved to Seattle. That was back in 2002, 2003, that time era, that, that timing, that time period. Yeah. Matt, at what point did you consider yourself back as a collector of Star Wars toys? I'm going to say I was probably one of the later, um, of the people here, 
Um, it was not until uh, the special editions came out. Um, you know, when I didn't know about Power of the Force 2, I was still living overseas in 95. Um, then, I mean, I didn't even know the special editions were coming out until like the day before they came to theaters and I saw a commercial for them. Uh, I mean, I was that really unplugged. I remember reading an article in the Wall Street Journal about how popular Star Wars figures were. And that was like at the end of 96 and thinking, oh, wow, they're making those again. Well, I'll have to keep an eye out for them if I ever go to a toy store. And then I went to the special editions and I thought, got excited, thought they were awesome. I still liked the special editions. And then... My mom, again, it's always my mom, <laughs> sent me a care package, and she had bought a Power of the Force Hoth Han solo. And I thought, oh, wow, this is kind of cool. And then I went and visited one of my friends from college, and he was buying the he was buying the stuff. And so we went to a Target that night, and I bought a couple more, and that was it. And that was like February of 97. And I mean, it, it hit hard and hit quick because I remember by the time the return of the Jedi special edition came out like three weeks later and they had that special figure that you could get, you know, it was a matter of like me trying to get some friends to go with me to the theater so they could get figures too. So I could buy their figures from them. So, you know, yeah, by March of 97, between January and March of 97, I went from zero interest to where I'm at now. So it was quick. But it, like I said, it was late. You know, it was I was late to the game. All right. Um, Chris, at what point did you consider yourself back as a Star Wars toy? Collector? Oh, I got you beat, Matt, by almost oh. a decade. <laughs> wow. OK. <laughs> yeah, really. I wasn't back into real collecting till 2005 with Revenge of the Sith. I'll admit it, I caught Clone Midia. I got hooked on that. And that's what sucked me back in. And then I readjusted what I've done ever since until I'm original trilogy and Royal Guards. Um, now, in those older days, I was aware that the Power of the Force figures. I remember going to Target right there off um, Union. Close to you, Jake. Yeah, and that's mine. Oh, that's I where guess I first it's not saw ours them. now. I, I saw them there for the very first time. I used to go down there and play GoldenEye on the demo machine when I had a uh, long break between classes in college. But I remember seeing them, and I was like, oh, that's so cool. But I'm a, a poor college student at this point. I have no money, almost no money for them. I did crack and buy – I found a Rebel Fleet Trooper, that awful – hulked out enormous rebel fleet trooper i did find one of those at the toys rest there in tacoma <laughs> and then i found a tarkin at um the fred meyer over there and those are like the only two that i picked up and then like when phantom menace came out i picked up a couple figures but eh, just like two or three and then attack of the clones came out. i'm a super casual super casual collector i'm just buying a few to put on my desk Bought a couple Attack of the Clones figures, but that was it. And they kind of went back at the on the wayside again. And then, I don't know what it was. I, I, well, I, I do know what it was. It was a combination of seeing the stuff online, seeing photographers like Stephen Hayford and what he was doing and making the figures come alive. 
in, in his amazing photography. And I was like, wow, that's so cool. And I was seeing people with these huge clone clutches. I was like, that looks awesome. And that got me back in. I mean, I, I had been paying attention to it kind of out of the corner of my eye going, yeah, that's some cool stuff. That's neat. But I wasn't spending money on it. I wasn't buying a lot. I was just, you know, dabbling a figure or two here or there every couple of years. Um, but I, I was buying figures every month starting April 2005. So, Jason, at what point did you consider yourself back as a collector of Star Wars toys? Power of the Force 2, for sure. I remember... Um, I, I could, it's like yesterday, um, chasing down some of those first wave figures, you know, like the Leia and the Lando. I remember going to this place, it was called Cedar Cliff Collectibles, which was kind of like a, you know, just like a comic collectible shop. And they were, they, I think they were one of the first stores to have them, at least have them in stock and they were charging, you know, like 18 bucks and 25 bucks for both of those figures. And I'm like, I, I gotta have them. I, they, <laughs> I haven't seen them anywhere. I, I just need them. So um, that was the first real memory I have of power of the force two being like, I have to have all of these now. And it, it just snowballed obviously from there. Um, there's, you know, and then obviously right around that time when, you know, there was the whole card back variance and short, short tray, long tray, late lightsaber issues and the different pictures on the back for like Obi-Wan Kenobi and stuff like that is like, this is, this is serious now, this, this problem I have and needing to track, track down these different variants and whatnot. So, and I, I don't know. That's that's definitely the starting point, though, for modern collecting for me. Those are fun times. Oh, yeah. Good memories. And uh, Jake, when did you consider yourself back as a collector of Star Wars toys? I think, uh, well, I already said I collected the Micro Machines, and I was pretty thorough on those. But those were fun to collect. I think seriousness kicked in with the Power of the Force 2, and I... I was all in and searching for variants and, you know, even when we get to the next uh, variation of the card backs of Power of the Force 2, I was looking for the OOs and the OO1s and the OO2s and to the point where it even drove me, like Ryan, uh, applying and working at Toys R Us because I'm like, why am I always like speed walking to through target and toys r us and walmart aisles on the weekends um when i can just go to the source and work at toys r us so um i started working at toys r us in 97 but you know that's because the previous two years i was on the constant hunt for these figures so this may be a simple question or like an obvious question. Did that help working at Toys R Us? Oh, a hundred percent. There was no, there was no employee discount when Ryan and I worked for Toys R Us. That was something that came on afterwards. Was the 90s. Yeah, it was late nineties. Yeah. yeah, and so what? Uh, at least in my store, Ryan, and you can tell me if it was the same in your store. You get first dibs at whatever comes off the 
truck, so... Uh, absolutely. Jake. You would always want oh. to unload the truck. <laughs> so those theories oh, were always yeah. true, that the employees so that's got why we could, first. That's why we couldn't find exactly. the... Uh, absolutely. The slave Leia's and, yeah. and the Tarkin and and uh, the prince... No, not... Yeah, the Princess Leia. So like, there's, zero. there's truth to that, and yet, yeah. like, we sold through it so fast. Like, there was a few employees that we'd be buying it, but... Like, like when at Linwood Toys R Us, like for a while when I was there, we were the number one store on the West Coast. We, um, we would like some of us would grab our stuff, but we'd be putting loads of stuff out on the aisles as well, and and constantly getting stuff out there. It was just selling so dang fast. It was crazy. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know, is weird because, like I said, I just did the toy show in my former Toys R Us. Um, I still knew the page number. I can get on the phone and page the overall toy. Um, uh, the toy show I could page. Um, but also in the manager's office, there is a shelf that runs along the perimeter, uh, up above, uh, the manager's office. And that's where you put your toys that you were going to buy at that week's paycheck. Because at Toys R Us back in the day, you were paid weekly. Yep. So you would put the toys that came off the truck up on this shelf. And then when your paycheck came in that week, you would go grab your toys and cash out. So um, that was that was the perk at working at Toys R Us. And and, uh, you know, it it was helpful. But at the same time, it wasn't because back then and Ryan, you can confirm or deny this. Different uh, different companies got different waves at different times. So sometimes when the next when the next wave of figures came out, Toys R Us would get it first. But then the next wave, Target would get first, and then Walmart would get first, and then it would cycle back to Toys R Us. So it was kind of like, you know, you still had to toy hunt and go on toy runs because it wasn't necessarily always coming to Toys R Us first. But back then we had a really cool thing in the area that we had a distribution center for Toys R Us in Kent. And so stuff would come off the boats right here in Seattle and go right to the distribution center in Kent. We get stuff first. Now, I've talked before about uh, as far as I could tell, we were one of the first stores to get Power of the Force 2 in, in August 95. Um, I was on the, the Rec Art Star Wars groups on the old message boards and stuff, and I was posting. People didn't believe that I had it, and I had no way to take pictures of it at the time and post it. You really couldn't. But, you know, people didn't believe that they were actually out already, but that was kind of a cool thing in our area is that we would not only be able to get it, sometimes it would be first in the nation because of the the port and the Kent dis- Distribution Center. When they took away that Kent Distribution Center, I think they moved it to California or something, that's when uh, we started seeing less things less and less sooner. I probably started shopping at Target a little bit more at that time, but for a long time, I stuck to all only Toys R Us. Just an update, Chris B. sent me a photo of these lollipops. The box looks like it's got definitely that 90s Star Wars logo. It looks to be a return Return of the Jedi uh, Darth Vader. And it says, it's a lollipop, and it says, comes with a sticker, and it's called a fantasy ball. So, Chris, Chris B., what were these fantasy balls like? Did you enjoy them? Oh, man, I, I don't remember, honestly. <laughs> like, most of them I actually kept in the, in the was, packaging. Was this... Was this in Germany that you got yeah. these, or U.S.? Yeah, I got those in Germany. Okay, I never. You I've know, never seen I don't know if that was like ninety-four, five, or six, but it was mm-hmm. somewhere around there. You know, it's definitely got that that uh, pre-special edition Star Wars '90s logo. Yeah. Yep. 
Oh, these look cool. I, maybe I would have bought a fantasy ball if I would have seen these in the store. <laughs> yeah. Don't look up, uh, don't um, search fantasy ball on eBay. You might get something yeah. different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For me, back as a collector, I had started with the micro machines a little bit. Like I bought those two sets. But then around, I want to say really late 94, I was living in Nashville. I went to school. I went to college in, uh, in Nashville, Tennessee, and I was at, at this uh, strip mall where there was a grocery store. And then I saw this place called Collector's Corner, which was a comic book store. And in the window display, they had a vintage Star Wars diorama set up, like a vintage AT-AT, a vintage um, Millennium Falcon, and a bunch of Hoth figures, you know, snowtroopers and, and whatnot. And I could not believe it. Like, I could not believe what I was seeing in front of my eyes. Like, vintage Star Wars toys. Like, the real deal. And so I went in. I bought a couple figures. I bought a Han Solo, uh, Star Wars, A New Hope Han Solo, and a Greedo figure. And I was like, I'm going to buy all the Star Wars figures. Then I'm going to buy all the Empire figures. And then I'm going to buy all the Return of the Jedi figures. I was going to collect my way, you know, through the line that way. That was turned out to be a huge mistake. I should have started with... You know, droids or Ewoks or Power of the Force, but I could not believe it. So that's when I was really considered myself back. And then, of course, uh, you know, later in 95, when the Power of the Force 2 figures, I saw those first in a uh, in a magazine, either Star Wars Insider, probably, or what was the uh, Tops magazine collected? Yeah, Star Galaxy. Wars Galaxy? Galaxy. Yeah, one of those Collector. two magazines. That's when I was for sure back in. Never, I've never stopped since. We were all back, Jason. But, uh, we were all back. We were all back. And that's where we'll leave the story for this episode. <laughs> we're all back. <laughs> we're not all backing things, but we're all back. <laughs> no, we're all back. I'm still trying to figure um, out how a Rancor can poop out a Tauntaun skull. That's amazing to me. Well. The that's, Rancor anus you know, stretches. So, that's not on a okay. <laughs> I knew you okay, were, were going to take the bait, Jake. I knew it was you. Where, where's the so, close-up shots from Hasbro of the Rancor's butt for us there? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> taking it to a, the usual levels. <laughs> episode 100 will be the final episode. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, a fan yeah, you cancellation. Know, you never know. You've now- you never know. This is it. We end on 100. When I, when I heard Tom was back, I'm not going to listen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there will be someone that will I say, know. Tom's on. I'm not listening to this you... one. But there's other people that will only, Tom, at the, sa- at the same time, there's people who will really only listen to the episodes that you're on. Like, if you're not on it, they don't I listen. hope that's true. So, And our, our old episodes, there's now 100. They get a lot of downloads still. That's even awesome. Even the real old ones. That's good. So... At any time, Tom, someone's listening to you from 2013 or 14. <laughs> I know. That's say good. Say something. Say something stupid. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's not going to change. No, 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 no. Okay, I'll, final thoughts. Tom, back to you. Uh, Star Wars is forever? <laughs> something like that? How about or, Star Wars is forever? Or now? something? Yeah. Yeah. Good talking to you guys, as always. <laughs> Tom, are you looking forward to the book of Boba Fett? I think I'm looking forward to it. If they really, really go with the Obi-Wan series, I could be down with that. I'm not eh, – the Boba Fett thing is cool. I, I'm digging the Mandalorian, but I don't know. I'll watch it. 
I'll definitely watch it, but I'm not as excited as uh, as I might be for a, a definite Obi Wan release. That is coming, right? They haven't kind yeah. of canceled that yet. I mean, I know no. they they canceled the Rogue Squadron thing, but uh, not canceled, delayed. Oh, delayed. Okay, delayed. I think it's canceled. That doesn't sound, that doesn't sound good, but. I think it's canceled. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Which is sad because I've been. My son and I have been talking about it for a year now. He's he's been hyped. He's been excited. I've been about incredibly it. satisfied with the Mandalorian so far. So I'll uh, I'll watch whatever they throw out. Yeah. There. Well, Book of Boba Fett is the continuation. The, the the most recent continuation of that story. So yeah, that's the newest Star Wars media we're getting here at the end of this year. So yeah, that's yeah. fine. I'll take it. <laughs> Ryan, final thoughts on the Dark Times? You know, I think Chris Moorhead said it at one point. Like, I wish I knew, um, you know, when when you have these great times. Like, we look back at 2008 to 2012, and it was kind of that golden age of Star Wars collecting. You know, I wish I knew when these so I could appreciate it. And, you know, talking about this tonight reminded me that I, one of the great things um, that I have is I, I just always feel like I just always love it. And so it's like, I enjoy it as we go through, and I look back at like you know things like Bendums and Ag- and Action Masters. Yeah, a lot of that is not great stuff, and applause and that. But it was just so cool to get that stuff at the time, and it was it was fun. It was fun to have Star Wars again. That I, I just really appreciated it. That I you know I I never worried about it. But I remember like you can go to like 2008 and all the great stuff we had there. How many times were there just people complaining about this and that? Oh, they didn't make this, or they should have made that, or they, they should have done this differently, or this sculpt is a little bit off. Like, no matter what time and what era you go through, people will complain about everything. Um, but honestly, if you can find those times and just enjoy it, you'll you'll really, really in, in, in find that you enjoy it when you have those great times. I remember 2008 as to being so much fun, but... Yeah, like even back then, like Bendem's, like yeah, they they're not great, but my gosh, it was fun to to get them and buy Star Wars stuff again. Chris B, final thoughts on the Dark Times? Yeah, so the Dark Times, uh, I, I would say like coming out of the Dark Times was was a really cool time to like rediscover Star Wars, mm-hmm. explore the whole thing, and and. And because, you know, we weren't overstimulated with Star Wars back then, right? Like, every time you would see a new picture, like, oh, my God, <laughs> there's a new picture of Star Wars. You know, maybe a different angle that you hadn't seen before or something like that. And it just comes kind of back into your mind. And uh, and then, of course, the figures, you know, how everything started up again, going on toy runs. And like Tom said earlier, you know, hitting one store after another, um, just kind of like trying to figure out what's out there because you know for me at that time there was no internet right so for me turning the figure around and looking at what's on the back that was kind of like my information for a while you know um and then you know walking into a store and and seeing lando for the first time you know and how bulky he looked and everything but it was exciting very very exciting time like coming out of the dark time and you know, it was a very innocent way of looking at Star Wars. You know, there was no Han shot first or anything like that yet. You know, we, we got that later. But, you know, at that time, it was just pure original trilogy. And, and it was just loved everything about it. So, yeah, the dark times obviously were, were dark times. But coming out of the dark times, I mean, that's just definitely among the best times that I remember when it comes to, like, collecting collecting figures in, in Star Wars. Matt, your final thoughts on the dark times? Um, they were dark. 
but they, uh, you know, you, at least I think um, you sort of needed that. You know, I needed to take 10 years off or more, you know, because, I mean, Star Wars, when I was a kid, when I was in grade school, that was it. That was all I cared about, you know, as far as, you know, playtime and, you know, going to movies and all that was everything was measured compared to Star Wars. Every other thing that I did was compared to Star Wars. I gave it up, you know, for like 12 years. It was there and I didn't dislike it. It just I didn't it was not part of my day to day life. And so when it came back, I was able to, you know, appreciate it all the more, I think. Uh, so, you know, if it had just kept going and had just, you know, kept pumping out movies and all that, it would have died out and nobody would have cared. You know, it just, you know, would have run its course. Um, so, I mean, I think for the franchise itself and for me as a collector and a fan, it was um, I'm glad that it happened. I think it was better for everybody. Uh, or at least, you know, in my case. And, you know, and now we've got all we've got, and it's you can't really complain. Uh, Chris, final thoughts on the dark times? Yeah, well, I don't know. I they were, they were dark times for me, away from Star Wars, but it was it was doing other things, and it was it, you need that time to separate and to come back to something. And for some of it, it's a longer time than others. You know, some of you guys just needed a couple of years. I, I never stopped loving Star Wars. It was always a love of mine. I always talked about like I loved it, but I was I was really more of the, of a classic casual fan in the way I enjoyed it, other than maybe I watched it every year up through college. And they got a little harder to watch it every year after that. My wife tolerates them, enjoys them to a certain degree, but they're not her favorite movies in the world. But um, So I, I don't necessarily watch them every year anymore. But I do try and get a few in a year. Um, yeah, I was excited to see the toys back in toy aisles, but you know, I was a college student. I just didn't have that kind of money to be buying, and something wasn't. It didn't call out to me right away, and it, it just took time for that to happen. And and I'm glad that it did because um, I really know what I love now about Star Wars collecting, and um, that's what I I passionately go after. So it's all good. Mm-hmm. And it's great having the old guys out here on the show. Not old per se, but <laughs> yeah. the, the classic ca- cast members. No, it's great no, to hear it's, you guys. Old. Um, old. The, the term is vintage. Vintage. The vintage cast. Yeah. Because I, mean, I started yes, listening to the show. I'll take that. And you guys were always on it, and you know that's how I always kind of listen to it, and uh, I enjoy being to be able to be a part of it now. So thanks for including me, guys. Jason, final thoughts on the dark times. Um, it's kind of weird to mark time in your life by by how long you have or haven't been collecting toys. I mean, it's like the the dark times. I guess were thirty years ago, and it's when you put it that way, it's like I can't believe I've been doing this essentially nonstop for that long. It's like I don't, I don't even want to think of the dollars and time spent, you know, trying to acquire what I have and what even what I don't have anymore, you know, things I've gotten rid of or traded off or, or whatnot. But it's, it's just kind of a, a testament to the brand as far as, you know, all of us love star Wars in a, in our own ways, but that those dark times, 
like was said, it, it came at the at the right time, I think, for each of us in a different way. Like for me, it was in that transition between um, junior high and high school where even if it was going on, you know, Star Wars, I don't know if I would have been doing it as, you know, my mind was probably elsewhere anyway. Um, so I think I'll, I'll look back at the dark times, quote unquote, with fondness i i would say just because it it separated my youth as far as um growing up with the movies you know seeing them in the theaters and seeing and collecting the toys as they came out and then there was that hard line of nothing being there and then having it all relaunch again in the in the mid to late 90s it's it's just an interesting thing and i I don't think I'd have it any other way. And Jake, final thoughts. I, <clears throat> I think what defines the dark times for me is I love Star Wars, but I didn't miss it when it was gone because there was so much. I mean, we grew up in the in the golden age of, you know, toy collecting. So there was definitely so much to distract me, whether it's mask toys or Dino Riders or you know, G.I. Joe and what have you. So um, did I miss G.I. Uh, did I miss Star Wars when it was gone? No. Was I super happy when it returned? Absolutely. So that's where I'm at. Um, really, really happy when it came back. And I remember I was reading a toy fair, I think, or was it a Lee's action figure uh, guide? And I saw the uh, advertisement for it. And I just like I remember it was like one of those sweaty summers where I was, you know, reading something, you know, um, under a fan. And I remember jumping up and down that we were getting new Star Wars action figures. And the fact that they were reissuing the Land Speeder and the TIE Fighter and the X-Wing. I mean, that was just, that was a vivid memory in my mind um, when toys came back in, when three and three quarter came back in 95. So, um, you know jump back all the way to you know jump forward to 2021 and i'm still longing for more three and three quarter you know um and so you know not a lot has changed for me um in regards to that so the 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 scale that i prefer is the scale that i still prefer um back then and now and uh yeah it's been it's been a fun trip down memory lane but it's also great to uh have everyone's voices on here and it's so great to have Tom and Chris B back again to hear and uh chat with them so Aww. yeah happy times 100 <laughs> right so right? amazing 100 episodes during the dark times i had i don't I don't often remember my dreams like they don't stick with me, but I remember <laughs> in the late 80s, early nine, maybe around 1990, I had a dream that I was at Kmart and there were pegs and pegs of Star Wars figures. I still have those dreams. Oh, and I was like trying to get as many as I could in my hands. I didn't even have a cart, but I remember this still remember this dream so vividly. And not only that, uh, and Chris Chris, you'll like this part. There was a new Star Wars collector's case. It wasn't the C-3PO. It wasn't the Darth Vader. It was a red Royal Guard collector's case. Oh, man, that's a dream. 
And and I was like, I, I, I was so happy, so happy. And then I woke up and I realized that that was just a dream and that there were no Star Wars figures at Kmart. And I was sad. I remember feeling like sad about that, like sad that I couldn't get those toys. And, you know, and a few years later when they came back, I was super excited, super happy. Um, so and other collectors do have those dreams, I'm pretty sure, because I've heard people say similar things to that. And Tom, you still have them? I, I, I do. <laughs> Every night. Buying, buying vintage toys. I still have those dreams every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. The last Kmart in Michigan just closed last weekend. Um, I took a trip. I took a trip there. It's about an hour away from my house. I took, or maybe a little hour and a half. I took a trip out there about a month ago, just because I wanted to see Kmart one last time before it closed. That was my. Uh, that was pictures. my. That was my go-to place. Mm-hmm. And then I uh, got my best spin Luke. Yeah. Best uh, Lando at Kmart. Other right. things. Yeah. And then Payless so, here in the Northwest. Payless. Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, I do want to thank everyone for being on the show. A um, hundred episodes, man. I know galaxy of toys has no schedule. So, you know, some years there have been more episodes than others, but I appreciate everyone who's stuck with us and listened. And I really appreciate everyone who's um, hosted the show with me all these years. So um, from, I grew up star Tom, thank you for being on. Thanks everybody. Good talking to you guys all the time. I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mr. BYZ, Mr. Byzy on YouTube. Ryan, thank you so much for being on. Uh, this has been a pleasure to talk with everybody here and, you know, talk to uh, some of our old hosts, Tom and Chris here, as well as our kind of current lineup. It's been a lot of fun just to go back back in time to when we were gearing back up with Star Wars. It's been great. Yeah. And from galacticfigures.com. And, and Chris, you've rebranded in, in the last few months, so. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about that. Uh, just changed the name, basically. You know, it was it was uh, something on my to-do list that I wanted to do for probably 10 years. Actually, when I started the website back in 2004, it was just a school project. And I just needed a, a domain name back then. And, and Tech the Clones was just still in my head back then. You know, it was 2004. At the time, I always loved mm-hmm. that line that Anakin delivers. And uh, that's where that came from. But, it, you know, I've had some legal issues over the years, and it's always been, uh, yeah, it's been, you know, the, the bigger the site's grown, basically, it's, you know, over the last few years, um, I've had a few issues with that, and I thought, okay, it's time to just go ahead and change the name, and that's where that comes from. You know, I had a, uh, I put out some, some merchandise for, you know, for people who, who follow me and who love the website and, and you know, look up figures and stuff and i've never offered merchandise before so i worked with a whole bunch of designers to come up with some designs for the site and everything and uh it took me months to work on that and then once i put that up onto the shop it was just one one of those generic you know uh, uh merchandise providers and they pulled the whole store down like the first thing i uploaded was just the jedi business talk podcast logo and mm-hmm. that's just a simple round logo was just the text in it, you know, there's no, there's nothing else in it. And they just straight mm-hmm. out said, no, you can't do that. And I just felt so limited with what I could do. And then, you know, with, you know, some other legal issues, which I'm not allowed to talk about, um, you know, that just kind of like all just piled up and I was like, okay, I'll just change the name. And, you know, yeah, it takes a little bit getting used to, but, 
Yeah, it is what it is now. Same thing, just different oh. name. And you know, but still, hey, you said. But you said 2004, oh. man. But that's 17 years of uh, putting out Star Wars action figure content. That's pretty awesome, though, huh? Yeah, yeah. Hey, Chris, was it hard to transfer your whole database to another site, or was it pretty, or is it not that? Hard? Um, technically, for me, no. Like locally, no. that stuff, no. What you know, once you have third-party stuff like you know Google indexing, um, you know Facebook name change, Instagram, and that kinds of stuff, mm-hmm. it's kind of like you can you can apply for it and, and change it, but then you have to wait until they make the change, and then. You know, it's out of your control, and in some cases, it just takes a while. Like, I just changed the the podcast logo. Um, it took forever for for Apple to actually change the logo because it was just cached on their end. Everybody else changed it apparently, but it took a while. So it's those kinds of things where it just it takes time. You know, it's not hard. It's just it takes a while. You know? mm-hmm. All right, well, check it out, galacticfigures.com, an excellent uh, action figure database if you're everything it's all there i think there's even a couple of my figures on there somewhere there are yeah i think everybody here from has some the, figures on. from back chris, in the day in, chris if you put in jedi business does it still redirect or does is it gone uh, it's still there oh okay so yeah yeah well jason thanks Not, for having me on and uh congratulations yeah. to 100 episodes all right and uh and you can also find Chris on GFT Galactic Figure Talk uh, wherever you get your podcasts. It's there. Okay. Um, from this week in Star Wars, Matt Fox. Very glad, you know, to be a part of the show for the, you know, part of the time that I was. And it's, uh, you know, it's fun to be on the show with uh, all the originals that I remember listening to back when you guys started up saying, wow, they're they're doing a podcast just about toys and that's you know that's what i want to be doing uh and you know lo and behold um so uh yeah great congrats to to you for doing the 100 episodes you do all the work behind the scenes uh that make the show actually occur jason so thanks to you and um looking forward to 100 more all right what that'll be in the year 2030 something Right? Some of us will be so, dead by then. <laughs> nah. Nah. We'll have our HasLab Rancor. Yeah. We'll have our HasLab uh, 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 Gungan uh, Sub. <laughs> our HasLab. What else? What other HasLab things will we have by then? No, the Rancor you know. one will still be running. They'll just I was going to say. Ah! No, no, we'll just be We're giving you two more weeks. <laughs> Come on. Get those in. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. Emperor's Royal Guard Collector Extraordinaire, Chris Moorhead. Thank you, Chris, for being on episode 100. Thank you, Jason, for all your work. It's actually not much work, except when Tom's on. There's a little more editing involved. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really true. <laughs> <laughs> Wondering what you omitted in this episode. And Jason from yakface.com. You get all the scoops. And, you know, you... 
you've been you've probably been our most frequent guest i would think yeah at least in the last yeah yeah i i appreciate being on every time and i i obviously i love talking toys with all you guys and congrats on 100 episodes and i'll, I'll gladly come back for more so yeah all right and last but not least from from forlom to zuckus.com jake stevens thank you jake you've been on many episodes man yeah i think i was and i i don't have a tally of how, who's been on how many and i don't keep track i that used way, to you've keep been on a lot i used to keep a database but <laughs> so only so many databases can exist in one man's mind um i think yeah. i was your second guest on the show yeah i think jerry jerry from um Star Wars Action News or from Star Wars Action yeah. News was the very first mm-hmm. guest. That or Daniel Pickett. And then once he it? was on, once he was on, I'm like, we're legit. We had a on <laughs> a, 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 a <laughs> right. Yeah. We're doing it. Um, we're doing it. Yeah, no, it was awesome. And I don't know if I ever told you this, Jason, but you were definitely. I would think we were at a Sarlacc meeting. You were mentioning that uh, you just were putting together or had just started Galaxy of Toys. And I was like, mm-hmm. Dang it, that is exactly what, you know, I fine, for, forget it, forget it. I'm doing it. And I remember that week is when I like made the call to go daddy and like, I need a, I need a website, <laughs> you know, it was yeah. finally, I think, cause we, you know, I was flirting with it for a while. And then finally you said, we're going hard with this. And then I was like, well, I'm going to go hard with this mm-hmm. too. It was definitely right there in what 2012 2013 that yeah i still have the notes from when i because i originally started wanted to in 2012 is when i think when disney announced they were yeah gonna do more movies i'm like well i want to get in on this podcast right because this this is gonna be around i was in 2012 i thought star wars might be going might be going out well yeah for a while that was the thing that 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 was the i mean i know that was the um the impetus for me was that I kept going to all the sites that we had always gone to mm-hmm. for Star Wars action figure content. And they weren't writing anything because they weren't making any figures and it wasn't exciting. And people were only yeah, it was angry. Birds. Yeah, it was angry birds or it was high end stuff. Right. People were only talking yeah. about high end stuff. And I'm like, I don't care about those things. So why don't I start mm-hmm. writing about things that I do like and talking about things I do like and which was Star Wars action figures. So. Yeah, you were yeah. definitely an inspiration, and uh, here we are, many many years later, still doing it, and yeah. uh, hoping, always hoping for more. Yeah, and another thing, I don't know if I've ever shared this, but the original idea for the podcast was I was going to call it the Star Wars Stockpile Podcast, and I was going to do three segments per show. I was going to do a vintage segment with just me and Tom talking. Then I was going to do like a classic segment with just me and ryan where we talk about power of the force 2 era stuff and then i was going to do a modern like what's out now section with chris b so it was originally planned i was going to do just three different segments like interview three different people i wasn't going to have everybody on at the same time um that didn't really cross my mind but then i was influenced by the what's on joe mine podcast which is the gi joe podcast that i was listening to back then and i thought i think it actually works good as like a round table type thing and then that's kind of where I went from there, but and now that's kind of that was the origin podcast standard. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. very cool. Yep, mm, cool. Yeah. All right, well, again, I can't thank you guys enough for being on the show with me. This has been great. It's really helped keep my, you know, 
interest and enthusiasm for Star Wars Alive. Everyone's got their own opinions, and I like that. I like that everyone doesn't agree on things. I like that some people, like Tom, may not like Bendems, and someone like Ryan may love them. And Anyways, I want to thank you guys for being on the show, and I want to thank everybody who's listened to the episodes. If you've listened to some of them, all of them, none of them, one of them, this is your first time, last time, thank you. <laughs> and for Galaxy of Toys, this is Jason saying goodnight, but not goodbye. Just one more round, friend. Then homeward bound, friend. Don't forget me in your dreams. Just one more song, friend. And then so long, friend. The nights get shorter, it seems. Just one more rhyme, friend. Yes, it's a crime, friend. But you know time, friend, time can fly. So it's good night, friend. Good night, but not goodbye. <laughs>